0: everybody, how is it going? Welcome to another episode of the sketchbook podcast. We're back, we're back and we're back with the bang because we got a guest today. We've got a really cool artist who I've been wanting to talk to for a while right now. I've been inspired by his work, you know, right from the beginning, you know, and, and he was a, sort of a very big inspiration when I started out with my career. And, uh, you know, it's cool that I actually got to talk to him and also find out that he's such a nice human being. So who's that person you might be wondering? Well, you might have found that person by now, looking from the title. Anyways, that's none other than Derek Lofman. All right, so Derek Lofman, if you don't know, Derek Lofman is a professional artist slash visual storyteller from Canada, who's been in the industry for the past 18 plus years. He studied classical animation from Sheridan College, which led to his 10 year career in game development. And now he's a full-time freelance artist working out of his home for companies like Marvel, DC, Disney, Hasbro, DreamWorks, Rovio, and Mattel. You know, very small companies. I've heard they're very small companies. That's what i heard. Anyways, Derek now has recently created his five-issue comic series called Ruin World uh, That is that was published by... Boom Studios in 2018. And also he self-published his own comic bought nine recently. And I happen to own both of them and I highly recommend them. Links are down below in the description. So in this podcast, right? We had a very long and a lengthy conversation about a whole bunch of things, right? Like from the start of Derek's career, how we went from college and how his career in game game development panned out and how that went and also what did he learn from the process? And also what did he learned from the process of owning his own studio, own game development studio. I'm out of touch today, <laughs> right? And we mainly talked about working on your craft, working on one's craft, how can one improve their craft? And how can one build a freelance career out of it? And how did he come up to sort of build his career in freelance, you know, how did he go from, uh, you know, a sudden change from game dev to being able to work with companies like Marvel and Disney and Hasbro, and how do you build a social media following? And a lot of it was actually very, very simple. I I think think if you go through it, you'll you'll sort of get it. And also, right, we talked about making comics, self-publishing, he was just a kind person, nice person at the end of the day, right? Uh, It it took a while for us to sort of warm up, at least it took a while for me to sort of warm up because we had some like audio technical difficulties at the start of the podcast. Well, hey, hooray, that's how things go, right? And uh, well, such a nice person. I mean, so I don't know, it's after after the two hour conversation, I just went like, man, he's such a nice person. He's really willing to share things, right? He's, he really wants to go in depth into what he has done. And he's able to sort of dissect things. He's able to share it. And draw the and I learned a lot. I learned a lot, right? So hopefully this podcast is one informative thing for you as well because it was a lovely 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 conversation slash informative session for me you know what let's let's jump right into it I'll see you there inside the podcast welcome welcome to the podcast yes thanks for having me I'm, I'm, I'm so happy and and I've just finished say wait I got what night right a week oh right on. a week and a half ago oh yeah boy, I freaking love this thing it was it was just oh, a thank you you did a great job. You did it. I did it twice actually for, for me to actually get it first. Yes. I went through it, you know, went through yeah. the whole thing. And I, after a while, I, I, uh, I liked the story and then I went through it again, like recently, then I finally got the story, which I don't want to say because it will sort of be like a sort of spoiler moment. Right. Right. I, I don't, I don't want to do that, but uh, man, I, I love the story and I'm, I'm on to the next one right now. <laughs> oh, right on, right on. <laughs> yeah. I love your work, Derek. I love your work. This is just beautiful. It's lovely. Anyways, you know the flat rate, right? <laughs> so what, what are you up to these days? What, what are you working on? What's exciting? What's What's exciting?
1: Um, yeah, well, uh, I'm working on my second art book uh, or my mm-hmm. second art book in the creation series. So it's my second art book that contains just original art. Oh, yeah. So uh, my first three art books had a combination of original stuff and fan art and -hmm. then i started to probably about two years ago started to try to position myself away from fan art a little bit and work more on my own stuff um, my own creations and uh, it was it was just a conscious decision to to sort of uh, start building my own brands and Mm -hmm. you know i'm sort of thinking long term like you know the more ips i build Mm -hmm. Um, the more like books I make that are my own, uh, I can sell those forever. I don't have to worry about any legal issues. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Plus, you know, the more IPs and brands I build like Rune World or Bot9, like these are things that like, hopefully will generate income later in my life. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: I'm thinking kind of more like, what, what do I have when I retire? If I only have a bunch of fan art that I really can't legally do things with. True. You know, it, it's like fan art got me popularity, but it's not going to give me longevity. Um, uh-huh. So that's sort of my thought process. So I'm I'm focusing on more of my own creations, and if you follow me on social media, you'll see that shift has happened like over time. And you know, certainly there's people that I'm sure kind of grumble because they came for the fan art, but uh, and I don't necessarily no, no, give I, it
0: to them as much. But I don't I don't think so. I mean. I, I I sort of really like your transition right now. I mean, at least with Bot Nine and Ruin World, at least that is something that I was I was following the the when you were making Ruin World, right? When mm-hmm. you were publishing issue from one one to the fifth one, and yeah. and you were posting concept art then, and 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 from then it got again got exciting. I I don't I I didn't sort of notice that transition from uh or at least I didn't uh what do you say miss that feeling of fan art
1: which okay, really good. is the
0: reason I, why I started following you actually around 20, right. 2015 yeah. or something yeah
1: yeah 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 so I figure like usually people come for fan art because I mean you know the familiar stuff if you see something I've created originally and you don't know who I am I mean you're, you're less mm-hmm. likely to sort of catch your eye right but sure. if you've seen something I've done that you're familiar with well then that you know you go, oh who's this guy? And you go check him out. So fan art definitely has served a purpose in building my audience, um, for sure. And then it was a matter of, you know, now that I have you, (laughs) hey, how about looking at my original stuff? So that was sort of, you know, how that's gone.
0: Is is that always been your sort of approach to social media in general, meaning, or uh, not just social media, putting your work out there? Are you like, you know what we need to give something that the people want and after they come in maybe actually you know what now it's time for us to show some of our original work
1: right I, I think that was my approach early on um it was certainly uh like a conscious decision to do fan art to bring people in like i, I definitely mm-hmm. made that choice um and i i leaned pretty hard into it when i first started on social media it
0: mm-hmm. was a
1: lot of fan art and i was I almost had a system, and, and things were different back then. Algorithms were different. Um, I was able to build an audience quicker on Instagram when it when I when I was able to jump on. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it was like 2000. Uh, Let's say 11. I think I joined, but I really think I laid hard into it, like around 2014. Oh, and,
0: right. oh Wait. So you, yeah. you were yes that on Instagram or was it Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. In so, 2011. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I didn't really do, I posted like pictures of my cat, like, you know, my first couple <laughs> posts are like of my kid and like, cat, like I didn't really use it. Um, I had the account, but I didn't really use it. And uh-huh. then uh, I think it was Eric um, Canetti uh, who's an artist. Um, he had suggested mm-hmm. that I get on there. Um, this was like back in like 2014. I was on Twitter mostly at the time. And he's like, you really need to be on Instagram. And I hadn't really been paying a lot of attention to Instagram. Uh-huh. And then I kind of took his advice and I jumped on and, and it really took off after that. So I, I kind of got in at the right time, I think, and it helped sort of. I mean,
0: you know, by, 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 when I found you, uh, when I found your work, I was, one, it was really interesting, right? It, 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 you, you were sort of making chibi versions of, it, no, nobody has seen that, at least at that time right I, I, I didn't see that and I was really well, stuck at art back then and I was <laughs> like oh boy uh, I, I, this is something Where I like to sort of work myself up to and I even remember yes. buying your I used to sell PSDs right of uh, yes. the Darth Vader thing yeah, uh, yeah I, I got that I got that and I was like going through the layers one by one okay how did he do that, uh, how did he do that? Yeah, yeah yeah brings yeah, was, back was, some was, old memories anyway sorry go on <laughs> Yeah, actually, like speaking of chibi stuff, so
1: chibi, I guess, was something that helped get me notoriety um, mm-hmm. with people. And um, when I first started doing chibis, I didn't know what a chibi was. So mm-hmm. um, the term was already used, but I, I didn't know what it was. I, I was used to doing um, video game sprites because I worked in video games for about before that. It was about seven years in video games. before I started yeah Yeah. and uh so I was always drawing sprites you know what I what I I called sprites you know characters that are like two two heads so it's like basically like if you think about Super Mario Brothers like Mario is two heads tall Ah, he's
0: right right so yeah so
1: they did that back in the 8-bit days because you didn't have a lot of space so you really needed to read the character's silhouette they needed like a big feature so you could actually see their eye like in a pixel you know what I mean like Mm, so they really yeah, yeah. yeah So, that whole two heads tall, two and a half t- heads tall uh, proportions sort of were, you know, for video games. So, that's sort of where Chibi had, had, I guess, evolved from. So, then when I started doing my sort of sprite version of these uh-huh. characters, I like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you're drawing Chibis. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is Chibi. And uh, like Scotty Young was doing baby. Um, oh, Marvel yeah, baby versions and- of,
0: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah
1: so, and I, I he had started, he was doing that before I did my Chibi stuff. and And when I was, thinking of mine like i definitely didn't want to go into the baby side of things because mm-hmm. he was already doing that right. so my idea was like if i'm doing these as sprites they're essentially just shrunk down versions of these characters but i'm still keeping them more adult looking
0: right so right that so that was no, like sort of it. and
1: that sort of became i guess more of my thing and then also like uh john samariva was doing like similar stuff as well all oh, right Dread yes Jay. yes
0: yeah yeah i don't know
1: so and he, he's even more extreme chibi
0: than I am. Like he he pushes that like um, wait. Sort he, of like he's the artist who who does it very traditionally at the beginning, right? I mean I'm yes, like, yes 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 like, yeah. He with does all a lot the of clean tradition. pencil work.
1: Oh, he's yeah, he's
0: fantastic. He's so yeah. good at it. yes right Right, so yeah, right right.
1: Yeah, I had him actually do uh, cover art for my like uh, one of my first video games I made when I had my little video game company. Uh, years ago i'd hired him to do my box art because i was just such a fan of him (laughs) so yeah uh, yeah uh, so we go back a little ways but uh um yeah so that's sort of the chibi thing i guess of how that got started
0: and 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 i want to sort of put some put some put things in context right here so Mm -hmm. for people who are listening right so let's let's one you people know you from your days of you doing fan art and now you're producing your own original work, Bot9, Ruin World. And I, I see, I see that you're working on another comic project, which, which I'm not.
1: Yeah, sort <laughs> yeah. of. I'm, 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 I have many projects cooking. I just haven't really settled on what I'm going to do yet. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm feeling out many different ideas.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. I want to talk about that too. I don't know how you juggle so many projects at least I say I, I understand or from, the looks of it, you seem to be juggling a lot of projects. Anyways, right? So people sort of know that your transition from this to your, your uh, what do you say? Your original work and your own IP mm-hmm. right now. Yes. What, what about the days before that? How did it all start? How did it okay. go? I know you sh- yep. uh, you studied classical animation at Sheridan. Yes. Um, right.
1: So when I got into classical animation, I actually wanted to get into illustration because I wanted to be a comic book artist. That was my goal. When I was a teenager, I was going to draw comics for image comics. They were the hot thing at the time. Uh Um, And uh, that was my goal. And then I couldn't get into illustration, but I was able to get into animation. Um, And I guess my style at the time suited animation more. And I realized that once I kind of got into the program. Uh Um, So, but I was in this animation program, but I didn't want to be an animator.
0: But that's but what I want to ask you. To, you. You wanted to yes. be a comic artist, but you, you took up an animation program. Right. So, so
1: actually once I was in the animation program, I was like, oh, I can use all these things they're teaching me and apply them to comics. You know, they teach you about layout. They teach you about storyboarding, like character mm-hmm. design, like all these yeah, things, yeah, expressions, yeah, yeah, like all yeah. these things are going to come into play when I start doing my comics. Right. Like that's right. how I sort of started to look at it. And it's an interesting time, too, in the animation industry. The 2D stuff at the time had been sort of uh, shoved to the side because um, Toy Story was popular, and it was all going 3D. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. shut down. Um, so Sheridan College is just outside of Toronto, and Toronto had closed down a 2D animation Disney studio that was working oh. on, like, a, a Peter Pan animated movie and so the industry was kind of in shambles one, once I was in school because all these studios were shutting down. So, so when um, was
0: this actually? What, what year? This is, oh, I want to think 2000,
1: 2001,
0: oh, boy. somewhere around okay. there, 2002. Is, right.
1: Yeah. And uh, it was interesting, like Titan AE was a, a popular animated movie. Well, not popular. It, became popular later, but um, came out. And then that studio shut down, who worked on Titan AE. So there's a lot of industry professionals that were sort of flooded into the market. And right. now we're having a, gra- a graduating class that is just like, you know, we don't know what we're doing. You know, you're right. fresh out of school. You got all these professionals that are snapping up any job that comes. And, and so it was kind of in turmoil when I had uh, um, graduated and I wasn't hoping to get into animation anyway. I was going to do comic books. But around that time, the comic book industry was sort of tanking. Like, you know, it wasn't as, they weren't selling as many issues. It was like, you know, people weren't buying comics anymore. Uh, early 2000s? Yeah. Like it was just, it was ending. The bubble had burst on comics, you know, oh. sort of around that time. And so it was getting harder to get in a, a job doing that. Um, so funny enough, I ended up designing uh, shoes at a, shoe company that was like in mississauga outside of toronto and uh doing graphic design and marketing for them so it was a weird design
0: shoes meaning design artwork that goes on shoes or no i was designing
1: uh, designing shoes they weren't even like good shoes it was like dress shoes and it was like any job i could get that allowed me to do some drawing drawing i took I took, right? (laughs) So that was sort of like, you know, you're out of college, you have have student loan debts. Uh, You know, I I had uh, um, met my my wife uh, at that Mm -hmm. time and we had, uh, she had worked at this company as like a, the shoe company. She was working there as a, like a, what do you call it? Like a customer service. So she was doing customer service there. So she had seen, they had this graphic design job open up and there she's like, you'd be perfect Mm -hmm. for it. So so that's how I got into that. So it was such a weird, like you know, part. It, I'm in my like mid twenties. I'm working. I'm designing shoes. I hate it. Like I hate. You just went
0: from comic comic book artist to product Dude, designer. Shoe. Yeah, And I <laughs> I, it. I, was, I was,
1: miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. Um, I was so miserable. I think after like three years there, the CEO realized I wasn't liking my job. He, it was right. probably the best thing that happened to me at the time. He, he let me go. He's like. I, I don't see this as like a future for you here and you, you're not happy. Right. I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm not happy. <laughs> like, right. and it was the best thing he did. Cause that, that forced me to sort of go find other work. And then I found a video game job at a company called big blue bubble. It's um, yeah. in London, London, Ontario. So that's how I ended up in London, Ontario. I went to work mm-hmm. for this big blue bubble worked there uh-huh. for five years. And that sort of got me at least doing more artwork that I enjoyed. So right. that was, it was a good sort of like push me back into artwork that at least it's video games, it's fun, you know, that kind of thing. So it uh-huh. rejuvenated my art career
0: at that time. <laughs> right there. So, so th- this, this is where at least from what I saw, you know, things got interesting. When th- this, this is the part I was really wanted to talk, you know, I, w- I want to talk to you about, right? So once okay. you were out of the game studio. Yes. Right. one. How, how was that? What 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 were you doing at the game studio? So, I and mean, you you got, um, got to draw more, obviously. And yes, I
1: was doing a lot of I was wearing a lot of hats. It was a small smaller company. Um, when I left, I think they were about fifty employees. But when I started, it was about I think I was like the seventeenth employee. Um, you wore a lot of hats. It was, it was it was interesting. I was getting to do producing of games. I was designing games. I was you know. Uh, you know it was, I was writing for game. there was a lot of different things I had to do there um, right. but the game industry was sort of shifting when I first started we were doing GBA and Nintendo DS games and then it shifted to uh, casual flash games where the thing at the time oh, where you play right, games on right. like your PC and Macromedia they were geared towards yeah. yeah they were geared towards um, women older women were playing at the time like middle age like 40 mm. up Hmm. So we started working on games that sort of, you know, work towards them. And to be honest, at the time I, I was, I was having, I was struggling with that because it wasn't something I was necessarily interested in making anymore. And that, that was it, the last couple of years of my time there became a struggle because I just wasn't as involved with the games the way I wanted to be. Like I wasn't, I wasn't hyped about it. Right. Like it's, it didn't get me excited. Right, um, right, so, right, right, You know, right. so I started to lose my enthusiasm for, for making games for them. And I knew I needed to just break away and go do something else.
0: So, so it was all these years around. So, 2001, approximately, you got out of college, and got out of college, and yeah. and and you went into the shoe designing business, yeah, and then the game development business. Uh, yeah, the game yeah. So development. I was
1: around, I was around 30, yeah, around 30 years old. I got into video games, and then uh, I think I was about 35 when I I left there. And then I did some freelance work. I eventually ended up starting another company with a friend of mine. We did that for yeah. like three years. And that was a struggle because you're an indie development studio. We were a programmer. Oh, wait, you design, and you started artist. your
0: own game game development had, studio? Yes. I had a company called Half Halfbutt. Okay, and right. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. knew about it. <laughs> so, wait, so, so it was game development studio. I thought, I thought you guys did illustration work
1: no 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 that was just that was our video game studio so uh, uh, yeah we didn't have a lot of success to be honest um right. it was uh it was passion projects it was a lot of uh late nights and not a lot of money and uh luckily my wife had a a good job at the time in supporting me and you know while i was trying to no, make I this guess. whole video game thing work yeah it was
0: it was fun <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, uh, I, I think I think that was. True. I mean, I thought it was like, well, oh, he started a studio. I, th- I really thought you guys like went full into uh, illustration.
1: And oh, okay, anime. no, no, no. It's
0: like, okay, wait, how how did that go? <laughs> right, that. Well, then, th- so you're done with that. Yes. And then I'm assuming so. The, then after that, you st- went into freelancing, and that's when the years of Instagram started for you.
1: Yes. So actually it was sort of at the tail end of HalfBot. The last year I realized like HalfBot was struggling and Uh. we needed, I needed money. So it was, uh, I had a kid on the way, my first Mm. kid. Um, And uh, so that was a motivator I needed to start doing uh you know more freelance work so um one of the first jobs i did um as like a big project as a freelancer was uh i worked for sean galloway so Ah, yeah oh yes so um i had been friends with him just through like uh um you know message boards back in the day we used to all post our artwork on message boards before social media uh, so i knew him from that i knew him from deviantart Um, We had met once at San Diego Comic Con, where it was interesting to see. He, I was on the side of the desk where I had a product I was trying to promote, and he Mm -hmm. was like uh, the the up and coming artist who had his portfolio. It was a funny thing, like just to see that position. Oh, he was just yeah. When I first met him, he was just up and coming, and to watch his little uh, trajectory, like he was like he started off. He was, I think he started drawing late twenties, like mid to late twenties. He started his art. Yeah. Oh, wow. such a he, he worked so hard and he just like skyrocketed past me. I watched him just like, whoo, like he just, he got so good so fast. It was crazy.
0: He, he uh, put me even notice, right? I mean, now, now that you're telling me that, I didn't, I didn't know that. But yes. Right. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's interesting. You should have him on. He,
1: he's a really interesting story. So, not. Yeah. Um, definitely. And uh, so anyway, he uh, was working on a book called uh, World of Warcraft, Pearls of Pandera Uh uh-huh and uh it was a graphic novel it was like 120 pages and he had brought me on to do layouts because it was sort of like he had sort of set up like an art studio Mm -hmm. almost like you would make a like an animation he had like a background artist cleanup artist, like uh, layout artist, like i was doing um laying out the books and stuff so um that was a the first thing i got to do um after college where i was back in comics like sort mm-hmm. of doing comics again. So it was a nice, it, it ignited that spark again for me. Um, and he, he had originally brought on three people to do layouts, but I had turned mine in really quick, my first mm-hmm. set. And he's like, he really liked them. He's like, do you want to just do the whole thing? And I was like, sure, like that'd be great. And- uh, So wait, wait, what, what project was this on? So That was the World of Warcraft, Pearls of Pendant. Right, right, okay, novel. okay. So, so, you, you yeah, so he's like, layout. do you want to lay out? Yeah, he's like, do you want to lay out the entire book? And I was like, okay, so it was great. And I was a big fan of World of Warcraft at the time. And so it sort of all fit. And uh, yeah, that was a fun project. So it was, a, it was a crash course in the comics again, sort of like to reignite because 120 pages. I had to like, you know, figure out like shots. And it was essentially storyboarding the comic, right?
0: Right. Wait, um, wait. Just hold it right there. So yes, <laughs> put, put it into perspective for me, right? Yes. You finished, uh, now this is right out of you are being done with your uh, game studio. No, Um, I'm still at my game studio at this time. So so so, sort of like...
1: I'm juggling both. Right. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of late nights. It was a lot of weekends, late nights. My career from like, I would say 35 to uh, probably 42, which is like a year ago, I was doing like seven years of like almost every single day working probably 10 to 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, right. I was, I was just getting after it. Like it's, you know, By 10 to 12 like, hours uh, of
0: drawing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, it was, it was, intense. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It was my, intense. My arm, my, my wrist would fall off. Yeah, no, it was, it was tough. It was, it was tough. It was, but at the time, you know, I was like, I'd said, I'm I, I had a kid on the way, Mm-hmm. I was trying to juggle multiple projects. I was, you know, my, I had my game studio. I'm trying to do freelance work. You know, it was, uh, you know, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for sure. And, um, but it was good. It, I mean, it taught me discipline. Um, it, uh you know, it set me up to do freelance like now. Like, you know what I mean? Like all that right. hard work and work ethic. I don't think I had that same work ethic before that. It sort uh-huh. of forced me, it forced me to sort of get my priorities straight. Um, right. You know, cause as a, as a freelancer, you're your own boss and you have mm. to, you get back what you put into it. So you really mm. have to, you know, if you take it easy, like at the beginning, it's just not going to work. Like you need to put the work in, mm-hmm. um, yes. to get the career going, you know? Sure. And, uh, so yeah. So that's sort of like the that was the first thing I had done sort of like as a freelancer. And then I ended up doing a freelance design for another game company called Emerald City Games that were in Vancouver. Um, and I was doing that still at the tail end of Halfbot. So it was a lot of like uh-huh. juggling during my Halfbot time. Right. And uh, at the end of it, I'm assuming. Yeah, the last year of Halfbot, I was still working with this company and then um I worked for them for about another year after I left Halfbot, but at that time was sort of when I started putting up my Chibi stuff. Right, and that's when Marvel and Hasbro took notice. Of, right, in a good way. Uh, right. and so that sort of transitioned me more. And then once I got Hasbro and and Marvel to hire me, then it was like my now my freelance career is finally taken off. Yes, yeah, take it off, right? So <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: Well, wait. So, what what was your mindset like, right, when you when you were working in jobs that you were not exactly very passionate about, or probably you didn't like doing so much, because no. you wanted to do something else, and yes. and and during and during the phases of transition where you were like you had this vision of where you wanted to be a freelancer person who person who's yes. pro- who probably wants to work for for themselves. their own projects yeah ip i'm assuming because that's what i at least what i wanted to do when i when i went through my transition at least what was your mindset like and what were say some of the little steps i i know you obviously started putting work out there right that other people wanted to see yes what was going on what were say some things that you were doing what was going on in there right in okay. Well, mindset wise, uh, at least.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd say like, so when I was at the end of Big Blue Bubble, <clears throat> right. that because mindset own
0: was. Com- I mean, so Big Blue no. Bubble was a game was that Bud was your is, own company though.
1: Right. So I was, was saying, been, yeah. So yeah. Big,
0: when I was working for Big Blue Bubble,
1: my mindset at the end of that was desperation because I was just desperate to do my, like I needed to get out. Like it was like that. Right. I felt trapped. Right. I felt trapped. And I, I said to my wife, like, I literally quit like, like where I didn't have any severance package. I didn't have like, I had nothing, but I was just like, I have to do this. Like, I just, it was this, like, it had built up probably for like a year. And I'm like, I just need to break. Like, and it was like that leap almost at the time was like, it was risky. It was, you know, are we going to have enough income? So it was, it was tough. It was a tough decision, but I think having that fear, Mm -hmm. motivated me to at least, you know, uh, you know, gave me more drive to like, you know, go and make more art. I wasn't working when I was at big blue bubble, I was coming Mm -hmm. home and I was watching TV. I was exhausted. I didn't work on my own stuff. I Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't draw for myself. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was drained at the end of the day. And I didn't like the feeling I wasn't drawing, like, you know, I wasn't feeling that I wasn't feeling that need to draw for myself. And I think that was part of the problem. And that was what led up to me just having to leave. Like I just, like I just, it built up. If I was probably drawing for myself at the time um, more, I might not have felt that same
0: Mm. urge to just
1: break away.
0: Mm, mm, Yeah, I get it. But
1: I think, yeah, so I think that's what it was. And then, so um, for that, and then for when I made the next transition to really, really get into freelance after, like during half bot, it was just like, I... I knew, I, I think at that point, I was seeing more clearly, I just knew that I needed to start earning more money, I needed mm-hmm. to, you know, I had the kid, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was just, it was a different mindset at that point, it was more mature, I just knew right. that like, there there was a path over here, that, where I, I can make more money consistently, if I'm freelancing, I had I, I was putting my artwork out there. It was starting to get noticed. I wasn't necessarily thinking at the time that it was going to get me more work. It wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't what I was thinking. It was just, I was doing it a necessity to draw for myself um, right. and uh, focusing more on that. And that was making me happy. So I did it more. And then right. that just sort of eventually transitioned into me getting more freelance work. So it was almost like the perfect little, you know, scenario that I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, you know, really I didn't. I, I, I like to think that I, I had a plan and I followed it, but I didn't. I was just I, at that point I had to draw for myself.
0: Right. And, you know, um, and yeah. So it's sort of actually similar for me. And obviously I didn't, for, for me, at least I didn't spend that many years in a job. Uh, right. It, it, it was, but I can relate to that sense of desperation, right? You just wanted to get out and and you you want to start your thing. Uh, pro- probably I I wasn't a very I'm way younger than you by the way, but uh, <laughs> obviously way less experienced than you. Uh, but one one advantage that I had was probably I lived in India. I had to okay. wait. I had to make way less money to actually you know sort of uh, uh, you know, sort of, you know, do my own thing. So right. that was, that was something anyway, that, that, the, but the sense of desperation was, was, uh, very high at the end of my job. So you started putting out your work and, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't happen a lot to a lot of people, but obviously you were really good at your craft and you put out something that was very different, which, which is something that people actually need to take notice and Marvel and Hasbro contacted you. And from yes. then, your freelance career took off. So right. since from that point on, how, how did you approach your freelance career? How did you make sure the gigs were coming in, the jobs were coming in? And you? Uh, how did you plan things out? Or was it like a lot of things like trial and error? Let's, let's smash my face against the wall. We'll see what's, what's going to happen. How did so, it go?
1: Right. So, you know, it was weird. Okay. So I think I started drawing chibis probably a year, almost a year, a little more than a year before Marvel and uh, Hasbro had hired me. Right. Um, and then it was basically about a year. I think I was at about 40,000 followers around the time when they took notice.
0: That was a lot and back then, wasn't it?
1: That was, that was a lot back then. I was yeah. Right. It, 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 it's it, still it, a lot right now. Yeah, no, it, it was. I was very grateful um, for it, and you know, it was funny. They they had contacted me within a week of each other, oh. separate, totally separate. It was just a right. weird thing. I don't know. And then it was uh, it, it, my career after that. Like it, 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 I didn't have to look for work. Like it was like um, oh. they had they had plenty of work coming my way. Both those two companies. And then it just seemed like, I don't know what it was, maybe osmosis or something like it just <laughs> the, the work started coming. I, I was getting to the point, like by that summer, I was turning people down, you know, like I'm just like, mm. I can't, I don't, can't take on anymore. Um, and you know, I'd say probably for the next two years after that, um, it was consistent work. Like Hasbro had me designing, um. I think within that first year, end up doing. Uh, they had a series of toys called Mighty Mugs. It was they were revamping their Mighty Mugs line, oh. so uh, it's they're kind of like they were like their answer to Funko Pop.
0: i was so, I'm so out of touch with that. I'm sorry. No, it's fine.
1: It's fine. So, uh, and, Funko uh, Pop was it? Funko Pop was the that was the hot toy at the time.
0: It's right. Still, I guess,
1: right. you know, people collect it still. Um, but this was their the Hasbro answer to Funko Pop. And um, so I worked on these toys. I designed probably oh, like almost a hundred different uh characters. And it was like, you know, from oh, Star Wars right. to Marvel, Transformers. Like I was doing all these brands, it was awesome. It was just like kidney candy store. Um, it was so much fun.
0: And uh so that's where all the chibi, I mean, I mean not, I mean the little let, you know, let's stop calling it chibi because it's, it's sort of... You know what? I'll, I'll get I'll get one. I'll show you. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, boy. That, that'd be nice. They're a little... Uh... Oh. All right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that that was my oh. studio. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So... Oh, boy. I know these. Right. i right. I didn't know the oh, yeah, names yeah, for these things.
1: And you, like, pop their heads. And then I had to do, like, the... That's actually my artwork on the, the expressions. Like, they actually took my artwork mm-hmm. and put them on there. Okay. So Sorry. Can, cool. you, can
0: you do that again?
1: Yeah. So... He gives a different expression. Oh, boy. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, boy. I have, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, have I have. knockoffs of these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, so, I, I couldn't get the original ones. <laughs> um,
1: and uh, so, yeah, that was that was a big part. Like, you know, so that was part of that uh, two-year span of, like, having constant work. Um, and it was great for my career. It was great financially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was also doing um, – so the, for Marvel, I was doing their uh, um, superhero adventures was their toddler line. So right. they had like, you know, any kind of like uh, age five and under toy um, uh-huh. from like Marvel had these like, you know, that was branded with superhero adventures, had my artwork on the packaging and, and all that stuff. So it was, that was a neat thing to, to see. Like I go to the toy store with my kids right. and I'd see my artwork on the shelf. you you were living the
0: dream then
1: right yeah it was it was getting to draw Uh, a lot and for ips that you like that's yeah yeah it was was amazing it was great (laughs) um and uh then dc had hired me probably like a year and a half after that to do a super friends like line that looked different Uh because i told them at the time i'm like are you aware i'm doing the toddler stuff for marvel and they're like yeah that's fine we're gonna do like a slightly different version you know i did a totally different version for that um and uh so that was cool it was it was like I was just like, I, know, I was in heaven, like, you know, for freelance career, it was about
0: as good as I could ever hope. Um, so, you so, know, so, it was. So, so wait, wait, the thing is, I mean, I'm trying to rephrase this question, right? So yes. I want to okay. phrase this properly, right? <clears throat> I, I know you do come off like someone, Hey, wait, I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I, mean, I was just throwing, throwing darts. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I'm doing work with Marvel, DC, Warner Bros, and DreamWorks, right? And yeah, but but I feel from the outsider's perspective, right? Mm. I, I feel like you were you were really good at your craft for one. That is that is non-negotiable. At least that's what I think. That's what my mindset is. That always when the craft always right. comes first, and after that, when you put it out there, obviously,
1: and that's, at the right that's, time, that's right, right place, with, with yeah. hopefully
0: a lot of luck, good things come your yes. way so my 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 question would be or i don't want to ask you like questions question what what do you think what what do you do what's your approach in terms of your craft i mean you're really good at it oh, and you. and do you what do you do how did you go from <laughs> say where you were when you passed out of college and yes. I'm, I'm obviously sure you're way better right now
1: Yes, that'll be better. Yeah, <laughs> I was horrible. I was horrible oh. back then.
0: Oh I know that. I didn't now. mean it like that. Do, 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 no, no, it's true. Way.
1: No, it's you know. Here's here's the funny thing. So when I was in college, I thought I was great. I thought I was awesome. I I wasn't, but I mm-hmm. I was I was immature. Like I almost I had a big head because you know you get into you know you go from like okay I might have been the best artist like in my group of friends right mm. and then I was like one of the top artists in the art class
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then I was like you know I get into this animation program where 5,000 people apply and they only take like a hundred so right. oh, you know wow. like okay. you start you, you almost like it's weird like at that age you start I started to have like a bit of a weird ego but the thing was it blinded me because I was I was not good. Like my fundamentals right. were poor. Like I had poor fundamentals. I was, I almost ignored fundamentals because I didn't think I needed them. You know, right. it was, it was, it was almost like I'd go back and I'd kick myself. Like if I could go back, I would, I would, I would be so much better today if I would have been more aware, self aware back then.
0: Meaning like focusing on the like right things.
1: If I was focusing on the right things, I, I pushed my ego aside. Right. You know, And and it was interesting because the ego left once I was out of college and I'm struggling and I'm doing all these other things I don't want to be doing, like designing shoes and stuff. It almost humbled me back Mm -hmm. into and then and then as I matured, like I feel like I matured late, like, you know, because probably into my 30s when I finally realized like where my flaws were. And once I realized where my flaws were and I could see them, you know, then I could focus on getting better and i think that's when i started to actually improve is when i realized okay i don't draw volumes very well and Uh like my perspective isn't great and my line quality isn't like you know and my colors aren't good and like you know it's like i could start to see like where my gaps were and where i needed to focus and i think that's you know the young artists that you see nowadays like who grew up with youtube tutorials and and you know and everything like that you can see this like um like the 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 level of talent for young kids like it's remarkable right they have so many more tools and and the ones that have the art maturity to see Mm -hmm. where they need to improve like those kids you see them and they're just like you know amazing like Mm -hmm. and uh i'm jealous of that because when i was their age I was, you know, in my own head and like thinking I'm great and don't need to practice or don't need to do this or Mm -hmm. don't need to learn anatomy. And I don't need to, you know,
0: it's like we we can sort of, you know, skip by using this style or something. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You start to think like that, you know, that, oh, that's my style. You see that, you know, I draw
0: this wrong. I draw this wrong
1: because it's my style. And it's conscious. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the difference was like when I started doing my chibi stuff, like I had by that point learned enough of the fundamentals that like Mm. when I was breaking rules, I knew why I was breaking them or how to break them properly Mm-hmm. And it, it, it wasn't until I, I don't think I couldn't have done that when I was younger, because I didn't understand the rules. So like, if you don't understand the rules, you can't break them. You, know, you can't break them properly.
0: True, true, true. Very true. So Very true.
1: so I think I, that's why I try to encourage people when they say, like, you know, what should I do? What should I work on? And almost every single time, no matter what level you're at, it's almost like go back to those fundamentals, because those, like those fundamentals are are key foundation to like your rest of your art career. And mm. so many people skip them because, you know, they're maybe not exciting, you know, to learn those things. And you want to just, you want to make the pretty drawing right away. Very like that's true. your goal, right? I want the pretty drawing that looks like the guy I like. I like his art. I want to draw just like not him. Like right? I want to draw like that. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way. Um, You know, you might be able to make something that looks okay. Mm. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of like that saying, like you put lipstick on a pig, <laughs> like, you know, and it's, you know, it's, uh, and that may be harsh, you know, to say, but it's, the no, 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 You're, but you're, you're,
0: you're spot on. You're spot on. And yeah. you're, you're, you're so right. I mean, I, I, that's actually what's been going on in my mind, actually, for the past week. Uh, I have a, fa- I, I, I'd like to think I have a decent base of fundamentals, but I think from, from all, all the artists I look up to, I see you or your work, right? Like I'm going, okay, oh, I really need to work on a couple of say weak points that I have. That I'm sort of say bypassing uh, in the name of style and you know stylistic choice, it's like ah oh, you know what let's just let's just you know draw that instead of you know maybe doing it the actual way it's supposed to be done. Maybe after right. that, like you said, right? Once we probably learn that, we can actually go ahead, go ahead and break the rules. And what what would what would you just say? What would you say? Like what what I say? Some of the fundamentals thing that you focus on, meaning. Okay, say- so yeah for. For me, like, you know, it's it's volumes when it comes to
1: characters, it's understanding mm. the three-dimensional shapes that mm. exist within a 2D character. Right. So even though it's 2D and it's flat, um, you know, I still need to visualize. And it's like it right. takes, you know, sort of like, you know, especially at the beginning when you're learning, you really gotta think about it. And you mm. have to draw those shapes, you know, drawing through a character. So like when you are drawing like the, the characters like torso you know, mm-hmm. when you're doing your rough pass, like make sure you draw the whole volume through and understand mm-hmm. how that arm connects to that volume. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: That was something that I, you know, going back to Sean Galloway, when I worked with him mm-hmm. um, and I worked with him on a few other things, like there were side projects to that comic thing. Um, and I watched him and this was probably why he advanced so quick. His mm-hmm. understanding of volume, like in a character is like, uh, it's, it's almost like uncanny like his ability to see volumes Uh like and visualize them i was just like like i knew it somewhat but then when i see him do it i'm like wow like and if you go look at his work he has a lot of like you know rough drawings that you'll see in his yeah 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 and you can see him drawing through his volumes and it's so important to understand how that works And, you know, and that once you understand those volumes, I mean, that really comes into play when you're, you know, designing a character that has like a big round belly and like little stout legs and understanding how it all fits together, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, those type of things. So I think having that. To understand how, the sh- how, like, what shapes make up a character or your character, how those mm. shapes are, they look in a three-dimensional space. You almost have to envision it, and you can kind of sketch it through to understand. And then, with the volumes, comes perspective. So you need to understand mm. perspective when you're drawing those volumes, because True. if you're if you're trying to draw like a a cube, and you know, in your character, <laughs> if you don't understand perspective, that cube's everywhere.
0: <laughs> like, or you
1: don't understand how those planes look in that space. Um, so I think like volume and perspective are two key things as the mm-hmm. foundation when you're designing a character or even like designing a building or a prop, like mm-hmm. understanding those two fundamentals is huge. And, you know, and that's...
0: Yes, yeah,
1: oh, I was going to say like, that is sort of like, I, I, I sort of equate it to if you're going to build your house. You mm-hmm. want to make sure your foundation is strong. Is, right. Your your walls are built correctly, or your whole nice house. You could paint it, you could put up the wallpaper and everything, but the whole thing will collapse mm-hmm. if the foundation isn't strong underneath. You right. know what I mean? So underneath. that's kind of how I, I I want people to think when they're when they're doing their drawings and spend the time learning how to do the 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 you know the um foundation of your draw like under like spend a year two years working on that like don't mm. worry about making it look pretty work a, like worry about making a, a strong understanding of what that foundation is and i mm. think that's you know if and if i go back to you know my my younger self i'd kick him and say like learn this stuff now like focus on this don't worry about trying to make a nice drawing you know, that looks cool. You don't, you don't understand how that really fits together. You just kind of do the cool, like, you know, sword or you do the cool thing and try to make the character look cool. And you're hiding and masking the, the, the weak foundation underneath your drawing. Cause I I used to do that. Like, you you know, you add stuff to your drawing and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, part of it, I think that I, I grew up, you know idolizing comic artists and mm-hmm. back in the nine, 90s with Rob Liefeld and all these guys who are flashy, but their the structure to their drawings wasn't really quite Go, there. right? Right, yeah. But I, I, I learned from them, like watching their and copying their work, and you know, and I think that was probably bad, you know what I mean? Like, I should have uh, yeah. had art. I should have had a proper art book, not not a comic book, to learn from,
0: you know. No, I I, I think I think uh cartooning or you know, the, the kind of style that you do and sort of also I do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. The, the whole idea of bringing, say, core drawing and art fundamentals into that field is, has been relatively new. At least that's what I feel. You know, back in the day with the old comic artists, they were really. What what do you say? They were really focused on telling the story over the artwork. At least that's my observation. Yeah,
1: or just making it look flashy, like adding a lot of detail. Right. You know, it was a it was detail heavy. Um, Yeah, and so like I think that's you know things have transitioned now. And like I said before, like with people, you know, younger people having the YouTube videos, tutorials, like your Mm. classes that you teach and stuff like that. Like that kind Mm -hmm. of content is out there now. We didn't have that. Like when I was coming up, we didn't have that. I had how to draw comics, the Marvel way. That was the only book I had. Oh yeah. That was it. it. Like, you know, um, I, I had an, I had had an aunt who was uh, like a traditional artist and she'd given me this book on like how to draw like properly was a nice, really nice art book. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how to draw and I ignored it. Like she gave it to me when I was like 17 and, I it's boring really look to look at, it. at right? It's I boring. Mean, yeah, no, and I didn't want to read, read. Right? Like I just, I could just go look at my comic and try to draw Spawn, like you know, or whatever. Like you know, it was like, oh, uh, yeah, that's so much. <laughs> but I was, I was immature, right? And that's part of the maturity I talk about. Like you know, it's just I was immature back then. I, I, I skipped the. I tried to, I tried to jump ahead. You know what I mean? You try mm-hmm. to, you know, it's a laziness. Like there's a, it was, I had a laziness to me. You know, I, I, I didn't want to do the work. I wanted to just be good. Like I didn't want to do the work to get good. I just wanted to be good. And if I could sort of make it look good, that's good enough. That's right. Like if it, if it's passable and my, and my friends think it's cool and, and you know, you're getting that sort of like, you know, praise um, right now, it's like a lot of likes on Instagram. We're good to go. Yeah yeah no totally and that's the di- that yeah so now it's instagram if you're getting the likes well, what am i doing wrong right i'm not doing anything wrong like i'm doing it all right and you see like there's plenty of artists out there that have huge following if you kind of look at their art and you're like they're really lacking in fundamentals
0: mm. you can do
1: something that looks pretty and the average person doesn't know the difference but sure. you know and they can make a career out of it like there's plenty of like there's avenues to make money like you know YouTube stars and different things and 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 you know you can figure it out you can probably you know get by if you have a good personality and you, you can talk and you can do you know you mm. can almost like take your you know average art skill and sort of you know ramp Make it, it look, up
0: yeah yeah you no, know, I get and that.
1: you sort of you build a brand around it and uh different things like that and which is fine like i mean that's some people do that to great success so you know and you know but you know for the people that you know sort of it almost you it's kind of like the way I looked at those comic artists there are new people coming up going like oh this person doesn't draw that great but they're doing really well so that's all the level I have to get to too and you think that's and that's a danger you know because it's like you're gonna skirt the skirt the uh you know education of drawing and just go like oh if I could just do this same thing that this guy's doing I'll be successful but honestly you're you're selling yourself short because at the end of the day if you have the fundamentals who knows where your career is going to go Probably, as an artist true,
0: true. but yeah. if
1: you have those fundamentals no matter where your career goes whether you're a youtube star or whether you're drawing for marvel like right you, if you have those fundamentals it'll help sort of like make sure that you at least can make a career out of this later
0: and it, know, it, like, we're, we're 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 living in an age all right. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, at least my observation, right? So I've started out with YouTube. I, mm-hmm. I, I I put out artwork so that, you know, I can build myself a following so that hopefully it's my pathway to say independence or For like, sure. being yes. an independent thing. Well, and then slowly over time, say first, I started very approximately around 2011, 2010. Mm-hmm. I was very young as well back then. And uh, and I, I, I really lacked, Those fundamentals, because one, I didn't go to an art school. And two, uh, it wasn't until, say, a couple of years into me doing what I was doing, putting out work and uh, putting out things, I realized that there was this stagnation uh, in the sense. you're not an artist, but rather you're sort of an entertainer who draws things in order to attract people. You get what right. I'm saying? Sort of an yes. artist entertainer. You're not an artist right. artist per se, right? right? You're not working on the craft. You're rather trying to work your craft around the entertainment so that, yes. you know, you get a lot of views, you get a lot of likes and, uh, uh, I, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, well, I mean, well,
1: not like I mean, you uh, you can equate that to the same thing when I was doing my fan art because the fan art became mm-hmm. that. You know, it was mm-hmm. like I was I started doing you know fan art for me later. Mm-hmm. I was doing fan art because my fans were you know liking it. You know, right, I, I was right. getting I was getting those likes, and I was you know at, there was definitely a period of time where I, I know I'm drawing this for you guys out there, not for me. Mm, you know and that's sort of like I think that you know you're you're trying to feed the beast of like Mm. social media and you know and that works up to a point and some people do that I've seen artists that do that and they seem happy and they continue to do it and it builds their brands Mm. and that's great like I mean if you if if that's what you like and it works for you Mm, I mean uh, who am I to say like you know but for me like I'm I want to get better. That's my thing. Like when I started to mature as an artist and I could see Mm -hmm. my flaws, my goals were, I, I realized I'm never going to be satisfied with where I'm at and I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. I just want to level up. I want to change. I want to evolve. And that's something I focus on now. I, I, am I'm trying to always evolve my style and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even if it's not necessarily a shift that, you know, is is more technically sound, sometimes it's pulling it back a little bit, simplifying things or, right. you, know, right. you know, I just want to explore more things as an artist. And I feel like now that I have the following and I have more of an established career, I can mm-hmm. afford, I feel like I can afford to do that now. I can explore more, I can experiment more. I can mm-hmm. take more risks now.
0: Right, um, right. I didn't.
1: Right. I didn't feel like that when I was when I was doing fan art and I was trying to build my social media following. I, I didn't feel like I had that same freedom. I, I would post something original, like when I first started doing Rune World, I mm-hmm. would get like ten percent of the likes that I would get for my fan art, and that was a tough thing at the time. It was a right, right. Tough, I know, you I get know it. what I mean? Like yeah, when you yeah, when yeah, you yeah, post yeah. that thing and then people are like, eh, and you're like, okay, but. It almost took me a little while to get over that um you know to get over that you know hump and and then as I transitioned transitioned away from fan art I found that the the my work was starting to get the same likes as my fan art was Mm. and now like it's almost surpasses my fan art oh it was it was
0: was, transition I mean oh literally right it was like that's good news you know
1: yeah. So that was nice. Like, you know, it was nice to sort of see that because I was worried when I sort of made these decisions to focus away from fan art, um, I was worried. I'm like, am I going to sell less of my product on my website? Um, right. Am I going to, you know, uh, get less likes, get less jobs, get less. It was like, I found that like, I get other jobs, like I mm-hmm. get more de- design jobs started coming my way, where was designing more original characters. Like I found like, because I had a following, in my artworks out there um and uh yeah so i think yeah. that that's just sort of it's 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 interesting to see it's it's not necessarily something i 100 percent plan or, or know if it's gonna work but you know it has been you know it has been a positive swing so that's good like i'm glad i'm glad to see that it's finally catching up you know what i
0: mean so yeah i get that i'm 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 starting to uh, push my own project or at least like to think in terms of projects you know at least mm-hmm. that's what i've been noticing what other people and you especially also do right you're you're thinking in terms of projects you're making projects and you're sharing mm-hmm. the process of it and you're putting yes. things out there and people who are really interested and they like go ahead and like they buy it right yeah no exactly and i think
1: that's you know, a, a great exercise for people that want to, you know, sort of, you know, take, create a project instead of just doing <clears throat> a one-off drawing. Mm. Think about it in terms of a project, even if it's not something you're going to necessarily take to, uh, you know, a Rune World or Bot9 level of print. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's just, you know, and I've been doing this more lately, with the thought of my art book in mind, it's like I have my art book, I need content for my art book. Mm-hmm. So, if I start thinking about like, you know, uh, if I draw a character, it's like, Oh, what does that character's friends look like? What does the villain look like? What sort of, you know, world do they live in? You know, mm-hmm. and I start drawing those things. And even if it doesn't become anything, it definitely helps fuel my creativity, you know, around that, that character around that. And then it to build a little world. And mm-hmm. then it just gives me more content to pull from when I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do next, you know, um, I think it's been really helpful. Like you know, I've been doing that for the past like year, and it was mm-hmm. sort of like it, it it sort of stemmed from doing Rune World. Like when the Rune World started, um, I I wasn't necessarily um, planning on doing a full comic. I was just trying to get myself back into drawing comics, and oh, um, really? and it was a weird like I, I I had had a I was trying to scratch an itch um, ah. to get back into comics. And I wanted to do my own. I had never written anything before. I was always really scared to write something. I uh-huh. considered myself an artist before a writer. And and because I, I, I didn't write a lot. And um, so Rune World was sort of my dive into that. It was like the, the, the first page in the first book, that's the first thing I drew. I didn't know what the story was going to be. I had no idea. I just drew these right. two characters in, in front of this keep. Uh huh. And yeah, you can probably show the first page. Oh yeah,
0: this. Yeah. This particular
1: illustration. Yeah, Uh. and that was just me trying to establish, like, you know, I, I think I, I, I wrote the sample dialogue. I think it changed a little bit once I, uh, you know, finally got it to a point where it was going to be published. But, you know, it was an interesting sort of like dive into, you know, back into comics. I'm gonna just try this thing. I'm gonna see how it goes, and and I'll draw a page, and then that, and then I'm like, I'll draw ten pages. And I'll mm-hmm. just kind of see, and then once I kind of got there, I was like, okay, I think I, I think I have something here, and then I was able to like go and you know do a, I did a full full issue of it, and then when I had the it's full issue, like 120 issue, was, pages, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, so once a I had that first issue, project. it was huge. Yeah, and I was doing I that while I was juggling, uh, you know, the 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 Marvel and Hasbro stuff.
0: All that's right. What I all right. Said, yes, yeah, that's what yes. I said
1: during, during this period of time for seven years stint, I was working weekends and 10, 12 hour days, um, every day. And, uh, it took its toll, but, um, it's, uh, yeah. So like, just to sort of like, you know, when you start to draw, like, you know, something it's like, if you can kind of think broader in terms of like a bigger project, sometimes Mm -hmm. it just, it can can evolve into something that's bigger than what you thought it was gonna be. You know, like it can evolve into a whole graphic novel. It can, you know, um, who knows? Like, you know, it could become a cartoon one day or whatever, like, you know, the thing you start to create, I've seen a lot of artists create their own characters and they start building worlds around them. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, that's something I'm trying to do more of myself now is like build those worlds and sort of start to explore them more and you know, it's more fulfilling. I'm so sorry. Take another drink. <laughs> <coughs> no, I'm I'm trying to sort of the worst the cough. worst is when you're trying to like hold in a cough.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Gets, That's what I was doing. Right <laughs> Just
1: let it out. Oh
0: well. <laughs> Well, you're saying something interesting. I was like, oh, "Okay, wow, really want to talk about this."
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're like, "I'm gonna cough right now." <laughs> oh,
0: that's 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 the part where you're like, "Oh boy, I want to listen to this," but I'm well, yeah, holding my cough. I'm so, to- <laughs> I'm so busy holding my cough. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize.
1: That's why I've been drinking this whole thing the whole time because I get dry <laughs> mouth, and when I'm coughing, I, I
0: wait. what just tea. what is
1: that? Or it's tea. I, I make a giant tea twice a day. So there's two. I put like two orange pico. Wow.
0: Tea wow. bags in there. Is, is, I, that, yeah. is that is that a way for you to sort of you know stay full?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's it's a good like. Uh, I, I find like it wakes me up in the morning, uh-huh. and I usually have another another one in the evening uh, to sort of keep me awake until you know, midnight. (laughs)
0: So you, you draw a lot. You know what? I I really want to get into this, right? I want to, I want to talk about this more ruin Word. Okay. Because, because I feel like this, I really love these two so much. Okay. A bit of, I'm not, I'm not trying to flatter you. Trust me. That's that's the last thing I like to do, or I I hate doing that. Uh, The thing is when I got your art book, right? I was just holding them weirdly, you know, this, this one, uh, yes. the first one is at my house, right? So I, I just keep one at the studio and one at my house so that okay. whenever I feel like it and I, and I just like flip through it and I like hold it. I have a book fetish. So don't, don't, don't get weird. <laughs> no, I about have that. a ton. I have a ton of books. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then I do that, do the same with Ruined World these days. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to finish this right now because if I finish it, I'll lose that feel for it. Anyways, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm halfway into the first chapter. So I want to get into rule mm-hmm. Before that, I just want to ask you like one last thing, which is regarding craft, right? We, yes. we talked a lot about fundamentals and how important this is and how, how mm-hmm. people actually need to be working on that. I went really hard at my fundamentals like th- a couple of years back. It's like it paid off in so much compounded interest, right? Uh, yes you're, you're, you're really good at telling stories. At least that's what I got from bot nine, you know, because when I saw it on your website, when I went through the first two pages and I, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who doesn't read comics. I'm not a comics guy. And, 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 and I'm trying to get into comics and yeah. I'm, I make more comics than I read actually. So <laughs> that's what I do. No, no, I understand. I, I'm sort of like that as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, well I'm, I'm coming from the the cartoons, the visual uh, moving pictures, the world of moving pictures. Yes. And I saw Bot Nine and the way you presented that, and and especially shot. I'm, I'm I, I geek out a little bit right here, so don't, don't get weirded out again. <laughs> so it's like the, the the shot where where you know when the old man sort of has the can up on on top of the tower with the fish in it, right, and it yeah. pulls it. And it's like, that was like, ah, I need to get this book right. There. That, that was like sort of the decision for me. Right. Nice. How do you think about storytelling? Because I, I feel like storytelling is very, very important. Uh, obviously, yes. the technicality of the craft is crucial. But you also seem to have this vast visual library of, you know, things that you want to draw. Like also the new things that you're drawing these days, which is these little houses and huts or stores. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. All, all these yes. things. How do you build up that visual library, you know, before we get into mm-hmm. world, how, how do you do that? So,
1: I mean, visual library, like I find that like grabbing, like creating a mood board. Have mm-hmm. you ever created a mood board? Oh, oh tons. So, <laughs> yeah. So like that I find is key. Like when I'm starting to visualize a project, the mm-hmm. more um, images I can pull to sort of like, just even if it's not necessarily something I'm going to go look at again, I, I build a folder of mm-hmm. these things or sometimes I'll actually just take the images and I'll paste them on a big like you know um, sheet um in, in in Clip Studio and 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 just to have a, as a point of reference when I'm going back because it's just you know understanding kind of trying to it's trying to like mold mold the visuals in my head through mm-hmm. multiple images.
0: Right right right.
1: I think that's the thing. If I just start blank, uh-huh. I mean, it, it feels like, and I have started blank on many concepts and different things. And, you know, I find that like the percentages of me actually creating something good when I start from nothing is mm-hmm. so much smaller than if I do a little bit of research, I grab a right. bunch of things right, and right, then right. I, you know, um, like when I'm doing those shops that I started doing, I would grab just a bunch of different shots of, you know, I go on Pinterest, I look up like cool European bakery or something. And I would just grab, you know, a bunch of images and I'd have like, you know, maybe 20 images of this of cool different bakery. And it would just sort of start mm-hmm. to visualize in my head a little more. And I'd mm-hmm. have little things I could look at for like, you know, cause I, I, I don't have the visual language of, of necessarily architecture always in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, characters, characters I find are a little easier because I do it more. I have right. a little bit more of that visual sort of like, it's it's more automatic i guess right um, right, but right, when it comes right, to architecture right. and things i don't draw like that like a, a crazy amount of of background. so um i definitely need to have do the research ahead of time if i'm going to have a successful sort of illustration in the end you know what i mean yeah. so it's just doing the research really like that's if you're going to be drawing something that you're not all that familiar with the more research you can do Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I can find it gets out of hand. Like oh, if I'm, if I'm on Pinterest, sometimes I'll waste a whole afternoon, mm. you know, three hours right. looking at, th- you know, and I'm it's not just, that you down,
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not right. I, I cannot relate to that because I know that's a pitfall. <laughs> I, I keep hearing that, right. People, every, everyone yeah, telling me, don't get into that trap. So like, you know what, I'm not going to go into that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's still like, I mean, I find that it, and it ultimately is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mine is if I get off on a tangent, if I happen to be looking on Pinterest, especially if I'm looking at like um, concept art, you'll see an artist and I'll be like, oh, who's this artist? And I'll go check out their art station and I'll and then oh, I go down a rabbit yeah, hole. Like, yeah, who yeah. are they following? And I'm like, I'll, I'll be like, who's that guy following? Like, what's he who's influencing that guy that I go and look? And so I find that like, oh, you uh, do that, that to be the
0: bad. you, yeah. you go around and check other. I mean, who your uh, people oh, are following 100%. All that's right. that's my sort of secret to, secret find. Sauce. I to
1: see Yeah, yeah, because I want to see, you know, I want if I think your work is good, I want to see who you're following, who's, influ- who's influencing <laughs> you, or who do you find good, and uh, you know, I find that's a great way to find uh, other artists. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. So, building- so how
0: how did this come about then? How does one twenty pages of monstrosity because i go through the artworks i'm like holy crap and 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 for people to know just just for people's understanding in in what time frame did you finish this okay so i started it
1: late 2017 Uh uh-huh and or summer of 2017 maybe and then uh when did it come out Wait no, maybe I got my timeline wrong. Maybe it's 2016. Cuz it, it was basically like a year and a half. That's that's so, pretty
0: impressive at least. That's what I liked.
1: And that's that's a year and a half while I'm doing full time full time
0: yes, yes. That's that's what I'm going to say.
1: That's because that's you, the you,
0: yeah. You you were consistent on I I'm at least I was seeing you every almost, you know, uh, uh, more consistently on social media than you're doing other work and then yes. and then you finished a comic book. And, and, and I also asked you about that. So, so a couple of things on Rune World. Yes. Uh, what's the story about? And yeah. j- just for people, people to get some context yeah, yeah. on And I'd, I'd so, love for other people to go and get a copy because I, li- I really oh, like yeah. it. So uh,
1: yeah, Rune World is essentially a fantasy adventure using an- anthropomorphic characters, sort of like DuckTales mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And they essentially this this world is I sort of built this foundation on the idea that, you know, at one time this world was full of magic, full of like Mm -hmm. monsters and are, you know, the powerful artifacts and things like that. And then there was a period of time where that like everything, maybe there was a big war and everybody died kind of thing. And then these Mm. creatures that inhabit this earth now or inhabit this world, um, Ah. they start to sort of uncover like through these old temples and old like Things. There's this magic that sort of lays beneath the world mm. and they start to like uncover it. So like there's a lot, it's almost like an industry is built around finding like there's there's these uh, you know, you're either a rune hunter, somebody who's willing to risk going into an old tomb where there might be a monster laying waiting for you, or, right. or skeletons or different things like that. Right. You're you're the risk taker, you're the sort of more of the hero. And then there's scavengers, and scavengers are like uh you know the people that would maybe just go into a battlefield and kind of dig up like you know and try to find an old shield and go sell it or like different Mm -hmm. things like that so there's there's a lot of value in the world and you know and and so i kind of looked at that as sort of like the basis for it and then it basically was about two characters that find this map that leads to this one treasure that is a very like uh sort of um talked about like in their childhood they probably hear about this pirate that had you know mm. uh, um he had this like he raised the dead he was powerful he he um uh, accumulated all this wealth and uh you know treasure and so it's a big like you know it's a, it's a big treasure hunt essentially of um,
0: sort of a fantasy adventure as well yes with yeah. monsters, and, monsters and
1: there's a whole yeah there's a whole like sort of like uh I don't know. I know. want to get into it too much, but there's like a underbelly of like, you know, sort of like a black market trading and stuff like uh. that. That's kind of where the the villain exists. <laughs> he's, got, he's got kind of like a pawn shop that he runs and it's a whole, like, he's kind of a bit of a gangster. And so like uh, he, he hears about the map and he starts going after these characters to get a hold of this map. And it becomes a whole thing. There's, there's double crossing going on. There's, I tried to sort of make this sort of like, you know uh when i you when know. i think of my when i think of my stories uh-huh. i i visualize them so i i see them as right. like a movie playing playing out in my head oh. like i see i see it as a cartoon that's how i visualize it all and so going back to kind of what you were asking me earlier like you know the guy pulling the bucket in like right, that's right, right. because in, in my head i'm like how does he get
0: from here to here because if i'm watching a cartoon see see you know see you i have to be watch it. To, that, that, right. that was the thing i was actually trying to describe because i mean I, I was able to see that uh thing you know sort of play like a little cartoon right like or yes. like an, a movie of sorts and i was able to relate to that and and it was wordless which was very fun you know yes. because uh, i i it takes a lot of time for me to like read a a comic obviously most comics have words but I wish comics had less words so that I can actually look at the pictures you know <laughs> well bot, bot nine is all pictures
1: so pictures I, um, I, I like that I like that well I like that. yeah bot oh, nine was a great a great challenge for that because I I sort of in my head I go can I do this like can I pull off telling a story that mm-hmm. actually makes sense without any words Like, Mm. and can I convey this message? And it's, it's neat to hear that you went back to do it because that's something where like, I know the story as I'm drawing it, it makes sense to me. And that was sort of like a weird sort of like, you know, a little bit scary, but a little bit like, you know, exciting. Like, I I was really curious to see how people
0: were going to see the story. Are they going to get it? Like, you know, I didn't get it the first time. Right. I was like, okay, why is this board going from here to here? Then once I yeah. realized it, and then went through the book again, every action made sense. Every panel. Oh wait. I don't want to right. say it. I, I, I'm not going to say it. I no. Don't know no, but that's, it's kind of like this, you know, when you, when you, watch those movies, like a, like a
1: Sixth Sense, remember the Sixth Sense? Right, you right, right. that one yeah. with, I haven't watched it, but
0: I know Bruce Willis is the coach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's a type of movie where like at the end you're like, Oh, I get, Oh, that's why. Cause I knew with fought nine, I knew the ending. That was right. the thing I knew. I knew that that was all I really needed like and that was the uh-huh. kind of the cool thing it's like i know the beginning and i know the end and i just get to fill in the rest because the the, the the book is really just a journey uh-huh. but then yeah the journey is like but why like why is the why is he doing it like it because it just goes like that's the fun like little thing and it was almost like that um for me as a storyteller visuals it was like Mm-hmm. I, I almost liked the fact that I I almost didn't know I knew where he was going to end up, but I didn't exactly know where he was going to go. Uh, so that was a fun, you know, kind of thing. And then you start to go like, you know, is the fish controlling the robot?
0: Oh, uh, please don't say that.
1: No, but I'm <laughs> saying like you start to you you start to go like what's going on? You start to say like, you know. No, as you, you, you're the you, story. you
0: you should you should I would I would keep it under wraps if, if it was my comic because, I mean that <laughs> it's was just fun to discover yeah it it was really fun I actually just went through it and like oh boy yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that right and and right. and especially I really love the part where I mean I'm going off a tangents here we were, we were on ruin world <laughs> uh, I really <laughs> <Sorry>. like <laughs> really the part you know with the train and and you were exploring sort of like the countryside or at least the part where the bot goes yeah. into the countryside it was just lovely it was it wasn't something, something that I've never seen in that particular style before. And I really okay. wished this story was in an animated short film format. You know that that would be really lovely to watch.
1: Yeah, the well, I had, I had watched. Okay, so I was late to the game for watching Miyazaki movies.
0: Oh yeah, I um, I am i, I going to be honest with you. I'm not I'm, I saw Wind Rises. I'm not able to get it. Right, I'm not okay. able to get Miyazaki. Well,
1: I I I dove in. I finally decided I'm just going to dive in. I bought uh-huh. like all the blue Blu-rays. This was like you know, two years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, I sat down, I watched them all. Um, I was surprised that the films I end up liking more than other films. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know like Kiki's delivery service was my favorite. And I, that's something like, you know, as a 43 year old guy who'd like, you know, like to, to, to sort of relate to this girl who's like this young girl who's a witch and her adventure like it's stuff and and see that and and that to resonate with me was like i was like wow that's just one of those things that like i didn't i never thought in a million years that i would think that that would be my favorite one like um totoro like you know it's a kid's movie and it's great like it's fantastic like you know um I, I just really got into his storytelling. Like when you start to see like the way he sees like the world and, mm. and everything like that, like start, start, like go watch Totoro, like, like give it no, a shot.
0: Wa- like, I watched it actually. I really like okay. Wind Rises. It, 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 what i like to think is it speaks to a different part of me, which I'm not exactly in, in touch with or a part of me that I haven't developed that much of is, is what i like yeah well that's the thing i don't think i would appreciate
1: these movies in my 20s at all yeah
0: yeah yeah, i was a
1: different person and now i have kids it's like i think of the world differently right um you know and i think now seeing it for the first time it it sort of actually was probably better i waited um Mm -hmm. so maybe wait maybe when you have a kid you'll be like oh like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like (laughs) these movies speak to me on a different level um Anyway, so that was sort of like watching the Miyazaki movies, sort of inspired Bot Nine because of that. I just love the richness of his worlds he created, and that was another thing too was like ah. creating that Bot Nine, creating that Bot Nine world. Like, I really it made me think about, well, what is this world like? I understand sort of the things, but like, you know, like the scene with like the the um, the garbage you know, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, like understanding, like, what, what do these people do in this world to sort of manage what's happening? Like, how do they live? You know, Mm -hmm. what are the challenges of the world? And that sort of helps sort of, you know, really uh, shape like that story, like the in between, because like I said, I knew the beginning, I knew the end. And Mm -hmm. but as he explores this world, it really made me have to think about how this world functions, you know, and try to think about that stuff. So that's why Bot nine was exciting for that because it was a fun way to sort of like, you know, build this, this this world around this character and build it around his adventure. And yeah, it was just it was a great little like experiment.
0: So, so what, what is your, what is your approach actually towards making comics, you know, making something like Botnine and Ruin World, because, you know, I think those two are completely different projects on, say on the scale level, right? Right. Uh, but what is your approach towards making comics? How do you manage it? How do you, how do you do it? How do you get from okay, start to so, actually finishing it? So here's <laughs> And here's self-publishing the thing is, it. Okay.
1: Well, okay. Well, let's start. Okay. So the creative process. I don't I wish I had a formula cuz it would make my mm-hmm. life so much easier. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't have one. Like I I sometimes I'll write uh like um a lot of bullet points. It's like a lot of times start things start with bullet points of ideas. Right, right. Right, right. Um you know, and then those change a lot as I'm going through it. I find that like a lot of times I'll write ideas and then I'll go back, I'll revisit it and I'll hate it. And then I'll maybe I'll just trash the whole project because I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm just not, I can't get my head around um, things uh, I'm I'm very all over the place creatively like right. that's why like when I have multiple projects going at once all the time um, it's almost like I wish I could focus I wish I could sort of blindly just dive into a project just mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm. But I tend to if I can't necessarily answer certain questions, because I start to ask myself questions when I'm when I'm coming up with a story, I start asking, why is this character doing this? Right. And then why? Right. You know, if this if there's a villain, what's the, the villain's motivation? If I can't answer those questions then I go like, I can't I can't do this story right now. I'm not ready. Like, it's not ready. I, if I can't answer the questions of why. Right. Then I need to I need to just maybe I'll come back and I'll answer the question later and maybe it'll click, um, you know and uh you know bot nine was that's that's how i was able to do it because i was i was able to ask why like because the why is really important in that story Uh and if without the without the why it's not a story so you know and and so i think that's my approach to to comics or storytelling is is being able to ask why Mm -hmm. why are they doing this and having a satisfying answer for that Mm -hmm. and if i don't have that answer then i won't proceed any further sometimes though sometimes like i find like maybe if i don't have the why yet like one of the projects i'm working on right now i'm trying to figure out the why Uh but i but i have made some interesting characters and i and i and i've started to you know do uh pose sheets i'm doing like uh Mm. sheets for the characters right right right. some expressions i do that because the more i do that i start to know these characters and then if i know the characters better Uh visually and right. then I start to think about them in story sense, and then maybe that'll help answer why's later. So I find like through the art, like is it, cause I'm not a writer, I'm, an, I'm a visual storyteller. storyteller so yes. I, I almost need to create the artwork to help like sort of support the writing. And, you know, so so if I have the visuals, if I have some concept piece, there might be a concept piece that I just do. And I'm like, oh, like this concept piece answers speaks. a lot of questions right yeah. right, right. you know and, and the story starts to form around it yeah and so a little bit like of my process is really just throwing out a bunch of things and
0: uh-huh. then
1: hoping hoping it sparks right and hoping that that little
0: those, those little whys. dots get tenac- yeah right, yeah and right, if right. i can
1: start to connect these dots then i'll have a story and you know so that's kind of you know and then other things too sometimes i'll start to design something and i'll be like that's cool Mm -hmm. i'll come up with a little i'll start bullet pointing some ideas Mm. but then later i'll come back and go do i really want to draw that Mm -hmm. like that's the thing too like sometimes you'll start to like think of an idea and you're like that's a cool idea but is that something i want to draw like it might not be like you know i i have an interesting story for like uh a, a violent vegetable Sort of like story where these characters are like killing each other but they're all vegetables so like I saw the concepts
0: weird... for that in, in your yeah yeah and I
1: had, but I could I couldn't figure out the whys and then also I was like do I want to do a violent kids looking comic right. like <laughs> so you know like that is just what it came down to it's like sometimes I have to ditch a thing because I'm like you know what maybe it's just not what I ultimately want to do it's a fun idea Right, right, right. No, no, yeah. And I'm like, do I, do I really want to draw like a? Because it was almost like the idea was like to do a really dark sort of like story for these vegetables, <laughs> like to get I, dark with it. And it's I, I, fun, but
0: <laughs> I saw, I saw I'm that, like, I saw it. It, it. Those, those are clever designs, though. I mean, right? Yeah, it's especially, fun. Like, I mean, yeah, the carrot, the, the carrot, old man, or you know, yeah, it was like, a yeah, who was a mage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Carrot page, yes. I should put up Uh, put up a picture on screen so that people can actually see there. Uh, So 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 wait. So how how do you how do you manage this whole thing? Because you know there's there's the uh, I know I'm asking you a lot of yeah yeah big broad questions because there's one your story uh, uh, say, design approach that you need to do for your during the development phase of your comic. Yes. Then you're doing uh, multiple projects on the other side, how do you manage it on the time-wise? How do you get things done? Because one of the biggest things yeah. I've seen people is like, at least I see in myself a lot is like start big projects and, you know, drop them, <laughs> right? <laughs> not finish well, them. Okay. So, so
1: my method is, so I always try to get my client work done first. So that's mm-hmm. my priority at the beginning of the day. I work on client work um, and I'll work on that for, you know, either half the day or the full mm-hmm. day, depending on what I got on my plate that day. Mm-hmm. I like to, I I always need to make sure that like my clients um, have their work done on time. Right. That's important because it's unacceptable if I'm handing in things late, mm-hmm. um, you know, beyond my control, sometimes things happen and you communicate with your clients. That's important. Keep that line of communication open. If you can't make a deadline, let them right. know why or whatever, but <clears throat> client work comes first. And then, I usually use my evenings for my own stuff. I sort of use that mm. time. Like it's like, so like my kids are in bed at that point. Um, sometimes my wife will, will watch TV together and I'll draw my iPad. I recently got an iPad ah. uh, pro. So that's been helpful. So I can, oh, yeah, I, can do I, that. I saw
0: that post. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Yes.
1: So that's been good. Um, you know, and um yeah so like my evenings are mine and then weekend I usually try to make um you know parts of my day I I I try not to work as much on the weekend but I still work on the weekend probably four or five hours during the Mm -hmm. day and then you know evenings again um and I try to make that time for my own projects if I can sometimes it has to be client work because I just have a deadline Mm -hmm. um, that I need to meet and so that's kind of how I juggle it it's 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 Client work comes first and then evenings I try to make for myself and weekends I try to make for myself. And that's where my my projects live or evenings and
0: weekends. And and a, the lot rest, the, <laughs> a lot of a lot is simple, huh? Just just properly allocating particular amount of time for these things and just yeah. chipping away at it. Chipping away at them and trying not to take on too much,
1: although sometimes it can be I find as as a freelancer it's sometimes hard to say no to projects especially if it's if it's a if it's a good project then the client like you know might lead to more stuff uh, mm. you know you sort of and in, in the pay is good and you know you sort of go okay I'll take that on too mm. um, you know and I can get myself into trouble sometimes doing that because it's just you know the hours out of just up and,
0: too, right yeah you know,
1: it's yeah. It, it becomes intense and then I have less time for my own work um, you know part of the reason I started a patreon account, was because I wanted to start generating more income that you know allows me to take on less freelance. Like that's sort of the goal. Like How, build that? How up was that a experience?
0: Patreon. How was the Patreon been, experience?
1: Yeah, it's been really positive so far. Um, you know, it's uh, it's my my biggest fear before I started Patreon was I didn't want to necessarily become beholden to it. Mm. Like I didn't want it to be something where I feel it's almost a burden to have like a, that was my my one thing i was like i don't want to you know overpromise that i can't mm, you know because yeah, yeah, these people yeah. are paying you and you know every month and they're expecting a certain level of you know work coming their way True. um you know and i'm still trying to find a balance like within it like of what the patreon is i think some people look at it like maybe it's a you know how to draw course but it's not Mm -hmm. like I'm not I'm not I try not to present it that way it's more like I'm just going to share more of the behind the scenes work you get to see the PSDs like that Vader PSD you saw back in the day it's like right right, you know my the art shops I'm doing I share the whole PSD with people and they can just have access to my whole file so they can see those layers see how it all you know you know Mm. see the you know have access to that stuff you know, and uh, you know, I'll do like live draw videos. I try to do them once a month. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've done a, a draw over video where people sent in their characters, and I did sort of cri- live critique over top, like so they could see uh, you know me drawing the volumes I talk about and things right, like that. Right, 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 right. Um, so there's a, there's an element of of learning in there. But I'm not necessarily a teacher. I'm not. It's not a course. I, yeah, I, I, I try I not to present it that way. But I think <laughs> that's the balance I'm trying to find. Like, where's the balance where people feel they're getting something out of it?
0: You should put one though. You know, you should, you should put out, put out, put out like a course or something.
1: Well, the problem is I don't really have a passion to teach. So <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, I just oh, right. don't like. It's just not you know. And uh, I've been asked. Uh, by different platforms to do courses and things like that oh over boy, the years, yes. and, and and I just sort of say, no, nah, this is not for me. Like I I like to casually give advice and things like that, but I don't structuring a whole course <laughs> and doing a whole thing. It's not really that's more your thing, like you know. I, like, I love teaching. You, you do oh, a great boy. job at it. Yeah, but you're you're, you're like you I think? mean you're really good at presenting and you know articulating your ideas and like you know right. you really you you nail that. Like you have that. You know, te- I can tell you, like a teacher's, like, you know, mindset. The genetics like, you know teacher, I, mean? genetic- <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think you need a certain personality. My, my biggest thing, too, when I was in college, mm. um, we because I going back to when I said the animation industry had crumbled, we got mm-hmm. a lot of veterans coming in to teach, which was great. You're like, oh, this guy's worked on yeah, features. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. But
1: this guy doesn't want to teach. teach. He teaches, yes. needs a job. And nice. we had a lot of teachers that ended up like not being great teachers. teachers. They were great artists. They were great artists.
0: That is so but, big. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, being
1: yeah. a good teacher, I think is that's, that's why I don't teach because I don't feel I'm a great teacher. Now I might be able to give you advice here and there, but like, <laughs> I'm not a great, I, I don't think I have that in me. So I think that's why I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, maybe, maybe you about, should
0: do some like, drawing advice with Derek Laughlin, where you just can <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. just just give out drawing advice well, and that's that
1: sort of yeah that's sort of you know the, the Patreon sort of allows me to experiment a little bit right. and do these sort of live draws I got a live draw coming up this weekend um in the next Saturday or this coming Saturday um uh-huh. where I'll be doing I'm going to show how I uh sort of make a character design like sheet like how I take a character design and then I do a pose sheet And I do Mm -hmm. like some expressions and sort of show people like kind of how I, you know, draw over my own characters to then Mm -hmm. create new poses, Mm because I do that a lot. Um, Because the animation background, like we used to draw like on like, uh, you know, you draw on... um, light tables and you'd have multiple pages and when you're doing your animation you're Mm -hmm. drawing on top to make the character move right so i always took that sort of as a way to sort of like if i'm going to take a character design and do a new pose and and you know i draw over top of my old characters i almost just like you know put it on a layer underneath Mm -hmm. i make it really light and i start drawing my pose on top so i keep my volume sort of you know intact and i sort of it helps helps me sort of create the movement and keep everything kind of still in place so i'm going to show people how to do that so like there's little things like that where i'm still trying to figure out my patreon like you know a little bit teaching but a little bit behind the scenes a little bit of me just sharing stuff that i wouldn't normally you know dump on social media because maybe it's Mm -hmm. you know um just something it's too much i'm not gonna post on social media all day long Um, right right You
0: know. so so. and and you're sort of using those principles of animation sort of to sort of build that, build that up to your drawing. Right. I mean, right. And I think all those, princi-
1: yeah, all those principles, like I said, going way back to like when I was in school and I sort of saw like storyboarding, layout design, all these things, character designs, like how they were able to apply later, like mm-hmm. all that stuff ended up being stuff that I could apply later to my comics and my art.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: great. It was actually end up being a great thing and I'm glad I took the course because of that. Um, because yeah, that, that just kind of, you know, it, it it lended itself
0: to everything else. <laughs> so. That's good. That's good. So yeah. So I just I just want to ask you like a couple of quick, I don't know, rapid mm-hmm. fires. I hate those terms. Sure. Okay. Yeah, try. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll do my best not to ramble. What what I'm, I'm 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 gonna suffocate me right now. I'm gonna say sorry for that before because I'm throwing a bit some big things at you and telling you, oh, you know what? <laughs> do a that's anyways. <laughs> so one. Uh, if, you, if you were to sort of go back in time, right. And mm-hmm. you, you were, you might've heard of this thing, but I'm going to sort of rephrase it in a different ways so that you might get a better perspective. So if you were to sort of go back in time, talk to that 20, 21 year old Derek Laufman, mm-hmm. and uh, you were, you have like 10 minutes stops. All you can yeah. give is like pointers for the guy yes, and whatever you say won't affect your current position in where you are in life right now, but it might create an alternate timeline where that Derek okay. Laufman could be like the next, I don't know, ruler of the universe, <laughs> ruling <laughs> comics or something. So what, what, what would we say in terms of say life, art, business, craft, freelance. Okay. Uh, and let's, let's go was, with life first.
1: Okay. Well, Life, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not too much for life. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, not too much there. I think I think it mostly relates to art. Like I think I would just, if I if I had ten minutes of myself, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you're not as good as you think you are. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on the fundamentals. Right. You need to. You need to uh, you know, drop this sort of ego and, you know, y- you know, if you put in the work now, it'll pay off later mm-hmm. and play less video games, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, watch less TV. So, um, those are the things I think like, you know, those, are, those are the things I tell myself. Those are, those are the key things I needed to do that I didn't do when I was in my 20s.
0: What about work and freelance? What do you do? What uh, do work writing? and
1: freelance. Okay, so I would say you can't force it. Like freelance, you can't force. Like you cannot.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't think there is. People ask me, like, you know, how do I become a freelance artist in this day and age? Especially knowing where things are now. Mm-hmm. Art art directors follow people on social media, so mm-hmm. you need to create. You need to create a body of work. Like I've never gone and looked for a job. Every job has come my way. Every single mm. one because mm. of social media. So that's where the social media is important, but it's the quality of work that's there. And I think that's key. So when that, when that art director looks at your work, it needs to be your best work. And that's when the jobs will come. It's not going to come just, you know, they're not handing out jobs to everybody. It's not, you know, it's just not how it goes. It's just, you have to be, it's sort of like, when the call comes you have to be ready so Mm. having those strong fundamentals and being you know there's uh you know and then also like you know draw like when you draw for yourself Mm
0: -hmm. you'll
1: find that like the work will be better and if you're drawing what you like that work will the the quality of your work will shine through Uh and i think that's like if you're not don't you know sometimes it's like I mean, you can certainly draw for the job you want. Like, that's, that's like, if you want to get into an animation studio as a background artist, well, Mm -hmm. you better have been practicing background art and drawing the level of quality that you see in an animated movie. Right. If that's where you, you know, if you want to draw for, you know, Disney, you better be creating Disney level stuff. If you're not creating Disney level, and maybe you don't know, like, that's the thing too. Like, you know, as a young artist, you might not have the eye yet. Like, you know, having that artist eye, like it took me a long time to develop my artist eye.
0: Right. That is, that is so true. You know, being
1: able to see your own flaws, like that's, that's huge. Like that, like hopefully, you know, I don't know if I could have taught myself at 20 to see my, like, I don't know if I had the maturity yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I almost Mm -hmm. needed
1: like art maturity. And I, I, like I said, I I matured late as an artist, I think,
0: Uh you know,
1: and, and, uh, I wish I wish as like a teenager I had it because I think if I had it as a teenager if I had more art maturity and mm-hmm. you know, I could see the flaws I would have improved but I, I, I just I couldn't and I think that's that was a detriment to me you know um,
0: being a late bloomer as an artist. And anything know? that helped you develop that any anything that comes to your mind?
1: I think that was more you know maybe it was because social media and and, and and seeing like more art, like seeing the good art and knowing, like in comparing and eventually understanding. I think that's the thing. Like when I was coming up, social media and you know like I said there was message boards of like people posting stuff and you could see like this artist was a little bit better than this artist or this you start to see and and nowadays maybe that art maturity comes quicker because there's so much art out there to absorb so I mean you start to, and if you can really compare like if you can really have a serious conversation with yourself and say I can hold my drawing up to this drawing Mm. and do I really understand why my drawing's not here yet And if you can understand why you're not here yet and you can start to understand what you're lacking, that's when you'll make those leaps. And that's going to be huge for like any young artist is when they can eventually see the flaws, like see where their gaps are and fill Mm. those gaps in that's, you know, that's the, that's the biggest thing. So many, so many artists that like, you know, come to me and say like, what do you think of this? Or what do you think they want you, they want your approval. Right
0: right right. it's like you don't
1: you my approval doesn't going to help you you don't need my approval what you need is that artist eye you need to develop that you know and i don't know how to get you there like i'm not sure how to there's no magic switch to even turn that on i'm not sure when you're gonna you know that that artist is gonna mature you know artistically and understand to get that eye to see um I'm like, I'm not sure when it's going to come in, but until that artist, until that comes, I, I think it's hard to make those leaps, but once you get it, you start to level up. And that's when you see artists level up and like, you'll notice too, like in your art cash like, mm-hmm. you know, when you said, like, when I, when you came to you know Instagram in 2011, your skills were at a certain level, but there is a point in your art career where you started right. to get it. And right, I can right. see yes. in your art, I can see in your art now that you get it. Like mm-hmm. you understand, and I've seen your development. And I think that's, you know, you know, there probably wasn't a necessarily a magic moment. It was a gradual thing process probably because yeah. you're, you're, you're studying and, and you're, you're admiring all this art and you're trying to like dissect it. And mm. you have that sort of drive to do that. And I think when you're really into it, you know, and, and it becomes your life, like it's your life. And I mm. think that's, that's the thing. Like you're invested now, like you, you're an artist, like you mm. are. So like, you, there's no like probably for you that you're not thinking like like you might say like oh i do entertainment here but i mean at the core you're an artist true so
0: true yeah you
1: know and and when whenever that transition happened where you decided like i this is me now i i'm an artist
0: better to be an i'm going to yeah. build
1: i'm going to and i'm going to build everything else around my art
0: but mm-hmm. you're also
1: like you're taking in the art you you're buying art books you're you know watching tutorial videos you're doing these things that like you know and you're creating your own, so like that's another thing too. If you have the drive to teach, mm-hmm. that's another thing too because you're analyzing your art, you're analyzing this process, and I think that's making you just focus and pay attention. And you know, that art maturity is you know, you have that early on now. You how old are you now?
0: Oh, uh, no. 26, 26, 27.
1: 27. Yeah. I <laughs> like, I mean, I wish at 26 to 27, like, I had your art maturity, like, I just like, you know, I was. 30, I'm 10 years like behind you. You know what I mean? Like in terms of our maturity. You know
0: what? Actually, actually, I've, to, to that, right? I, I think it's partly because of, I always say this because I, I, I hear this, someone telling me that, you know what? Mm-hmm. I wish I had that when probably I was around your age. And mm-hmm. I think it's because of all the collective, the, 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 the way you put it, the collective wisdom and knowledge of the people who came before me who sort of made it easily available for me so that I was able to grasp that and I was able to do it. And I think the people who are going to be coming after me and you probably two or three generations later, I think they'll be way better at oh, this yeah. point. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Look, in these people like, you know, like you who do these tutorials and have these art classes, I would have loved that when I was oh, yeah. like young artist coming up, like, you know, it's uh, going to art school and stuff was, was good. But I mean, you sort of, you're, you when you go to art school, you're there mm-hmm. for that time. You better be focused, ready to learn at that moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as opposed to like being able to do it in the comfort of your own home, you know, and, and, and do these, cl- you know what I mean? Like the comfort of that and you can fail like without your neighbor looking at, you know what I mean? Like there was a weird, mm. like pressure because your students are around you and they're all really good. And you're like mm. over here going like, oh no, like, is my art as good as that? Guy? Like he's way better than oh, me. That, that,
0: that was the first time I discovered Pinterest. I saw Pinterest and all the people who are posting art on that as a guy who's never seen, I've never gone to art school or had like a proper drawing class before. Uh, seeing that it was like, holy, at first I actually turned it off because I didn't want to accept that because my ego is too big. Because like like you said, right, I, I was the, mm-hmm. the best drawing kid in my class. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I didn't want to burst that bubble. And when I saw <laughs> no. these other people who were, you know, who were so, so, so good at good. Uh, I just shut it off for a while. <laughs> then it took some yeah. time for me to like, you know, uh, crumble down that ego and just go at it. Like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Just learn that, from that's yeah. that. Ar- that's that's
1: what I talk about that art maturity. And I mean, it's a good thing you had that at least earlier yeah. on, like unlike myself where it took years after that. So those are, those are key, key things that like, I think, you know, your listeners and stuff probably want La- to. Last you know? thing,
0: last thing, which, which is yeah. what what would be. So you, I'm assuming you're 40, 41 right now. I'm 43. 43. All right. Yeah. F- pushing the big 40. All right. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what would the 65, 70 year old Derek Laufman tell you?
1: Who, uh, I'm hoping that they, he would tell me to make more of my own things, have them, you know, create more of your own stuff. Like I'm hoping that path is, you know, I can look back as somebody who's you know, later in life and retired, having things that exist in the world right. that I created. Cause I mean, when you think about your legacy or as an artist or whatever um, you know, to be able to have those properties out there that live on, beyond your years like right, that's a right. cool that's a cool kind of thing, thing right. you know. to leave leave your mark if you will um you know so i think you know keep creating i think you know i think that's you know hopefully you know my older self would say just keep creating and eventually you know know, yeah, i think about like i got maybe 20 good years of drawing left before uh, you know arthritis kicks in and i can't you know <laughs> oh, whatever boy, you know man. what i mean like it's weird but like the, the clocks ticking right and how many projects can i make in 20 years 10 10 more books you know 10 more that's that's, difference.
0: That's, that's that's a different that's that's how dream, i start right. to think yeah.
1: now you know it's like how much time do i have left you know at this point to create those things and i you know i try not to dwell on it too much cuz it gets depressing when you think about it in terms of your <laughs> life life in terms of how many projects do i have left in me but you know that's where Miyazaki's a big influence too, because he's you know seven, here's a guy yeah. who's he's, he's very you know seven very eight old. or whatever, yeah. yeah, and he's still creating, but he knows in his head. And he said in his in the documentaries I, I watched with him, you know, he's like, "How many more films do I have in me? Like, how mm. many more stories do I have?" And that's something like kind of resonated with me, you know, even at my age, was like, "How many of these do I have in me?" And and you know, so go and do it like you know how you don't have that that much time so i'm trying to you know think in terms of that like you know and and in terms of stuff yeah and like you know you know hopefully you know each project i do like you know inspire somebody else that's the coolest thing too about being an artist is when you inspire others like that's Mm. like it's cool when somebody says i started drawing because i saw this you draw you drew this thing and i started drawing and now it's been five years and i'm drawing this now. And I'm doing like, I mean, that's amazing. Speaking, like if you So Inspire somebody to go do something. It's amazing.
0: You know, you know what I'm going to add to that fuel because, you know, uh, speaking of people getting inspired by your work, I know a guy named sketched up 20, right? He, he got yeah. here, bought nine, right? He, mm-hmm. he really, he loved it so much and he made his own 40 page comic I awesome. have Do I? Yeah, can show I show me. it to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah he he love this thing. Yeah, this this is comic. So he uh, that's amazing. I think he's gonna flip out if, if that you. That is so cool. Yeah, just jump by Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So he that's amazing. So yeah, and, and like, do you want to talk about self publishing? Because I remember you had mentioned it before. Yes. Okay. So the the the, the thing is, if you have. The okay, so you need a couple things. Do so you need a website, some mm-hmm. or some sort of uh online store? Like when you're going to self publish, I find that, like, you know, having you know, whether it's a big cartel store, I, ha- I have a um, Squarespace website that mm-hmm. has built in store to it. Um, you know, you definitely need a platform to push and sell your obviously, yes, thing. Probably having some sort of a following. For your project is going to be helpful because if you only have a 100 followers, it's going to be hard to sort of generate any kind of like buzz or anything around your project. I mm-hmm. find that, like, you know, a small percentage of your followers will actually buy your stuff. Like, that's it. So, the bigger following you have, you know, you really got to understand that only a small percentage small people of people
0: follow, yeah,
1: right. You know, are willing to actually give you money for your thing.
0: Like, you know, and that's True. something to consider. You know, um, I learned it the hard way. I I learned it the <laughs> real hard way. Like when I put out my first ever posters, and yeah. and 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 it was the first time. I like got them printed. I got the proper poster tubes, and I figured out the shipping and everything. It's yeah. like five people bought them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and that's and that's that's sometimes how it goes. Like you know, I'll I'll release like a new print, and it'll you know I'll sell three of them. At that time, and then over time, it'll, you know, if I have it in my store, it'll sell more. But, you know, sometimes it's just how it goes. Like, you know, and even, you know, I have like 270,000 followers on Instagram. So mm. They're not all buying stuff. You know, it's just what it True. is, you know. And, and, uh, you know, so when you're self publishing, you know, you definitely need the platform, you need the capital to print mm. your stuff. So, like, I mean, that's key. You, there is print on demand. I find, though, um, the print-on-demand stuff—it's a lot more expensive. And I try to my 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 thing is I, I want to make my products um, as inexpensive to somebody as possible. So mm-hmm. we always like, you know, I try to like print. If I'm going to print a, a book, I try to print at least a thousand of them so that I can keep the cost of the actual per book uh,
0: down. So I that, think that's how you term.
1: approach it, like in thousands. Or... Yeah, and I tried to do it in thousands. My first art book I printed, I printed uh, 500 of. And right. and then I ended up, uh, um, that book was actually small. It was my first art book was actually a mini version of my What, what Was it what the it art book written, one? Art one, yeah. So oh, I not the Excel
0: edition. No, I had an
1: art oh, book. Oh, I one, have it. Okay, only, yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we'll...
1: so you have Excel edition, right? Yeah, I have the Excel one. Yes, I have the Excel one. Yeah. So the first one I ever printed, I think I printed 500 of, and uh, they sold really well. And then um, you end up doing a Kickstarter to do the bigger one. So that's something mm-hmm. too. So having the funds to print the books, I and that, I usually go to Kickstarter for that because mm-hmm. I look at it like, you know, if you can't fund it on Kickstarter, it's mm-hmm. not worth investing your own money, holding it on your website and hoping people come buy it. Kickstarter oh. is sort of like that thing where you you know, at least you'll know, like if you can't hit your goals, then maybe you're not ready. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's just the product that the people aren't ready to buy yet. Like it's like maybe you're, you know, whatever it is you're doing, it's a good testing ground to know. And then you're not investing your money yet. It's, it's that like, you know, having a promise of people that are going to buy it and and then the Kickstarter ends and then you get those funds and you take those funds and you go print the books. And that's just, that's a great way to do it. And usually for me, like the Kickstarter will fund the printing of the books, but then I still have extra books left over later. And then those are essentially free, like in terms mm. of like, I didn't, you know what I mean? Because the you costs pay, are already yeah, paid for. Right, right, so then, right. then the, the profits come later when I'm selling the books later. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So Kickstarter yeah. kind of covers
0: your printing The first costume. couple of books. Right, yes.
1: You know, and then, and so that's how I kind of look at it when I'm doing, you know, my books and stuff and self-publishing is I use Kickstarter a lot. So so
0: that that is sort of interesting because I at least uh, what I've done for my courses and, and my programs, at least, mm-hmm. I've always went the route of, say, uh, putting up a campaign or a launch campaign or something that that is on my own website and it, it is done fairly well. I'm, I'm very happy with where it's where, where it's sort of going. But that's obviously a different product. But I do see other people like Twenty One Draw there doing, say, online programs and online courses and everything on on right. Kickstarter. Okay, uh, and have you ever tried doing things on your, uh, on your own in the sense on your own website? Because I think I'm assuming Kickstarter takes what five to 10% of your, uh, the uh, total. It, it, ends
1: being, it ends up being 8%.
0: 8%, 8% of the total uh, at money. Least for, at least
1: there, yeah. At least in can in Canada, it's 8%. I know in certain countries, it can be as high as 10, right. um, depending on what the taxes stuff is. Um, but it, it's 8%. But really, I mean, you build that into the, to the, you know, whatever the goal is, you understand mm-hmm. like that, you know, the other thing too, is here's the other thing. Um, if you have a wife who's amazing, uh, mm-hmm. and will do all your shipping for you, that's, that's key because well. <laughs> I don't touch, I don't touch shipping. She literally does it all. So like anything that gets shipped out when it, like she'll ship out like 750 orders from like Kickstarter Jeez. and she's amazing at it. And, uh, you know, that's a huge help. Cause if I was on my own doing this, like but that's oh, what
0: Jake said as well. Jake, Jake Parker, you know, he, he, yeah, he, he
1: uses his whole family. He's got a whole, he, he's got a team. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a team. team. <laughs> my kids, my kids would just drool on the books and rip them. <laughs> um, but uh no, like <laughs> hi, my kids, I, I what I watched, I remember there's a video of him. He had like all his kids, he had like five kids and they're all like, I know, helping. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, how, what is this magic? that he's doing with his children because <laughs> like, I can't get my kids to
0: do that. You know, people need to realize that, that that's actually a very underlooked part of making something, right? Shipping and packaging and storing oh, yeah. all your books.
1: Yeah, no, like, I mean, I I uh, recently had a conversation with my wife about, you know, when we do our next Kickstarter, I'm like, should we rent a, a storage unit because it's mm. getting to a point where, you know, we, we store... Books in in the house, and we have like a like a storage room. We sort of set aside, but it's getting full, you know. And and uh, you know when you you know my my art books now. When I I I my last art book, I ordered two thousand of them. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's and so it's hard to hold that many books. Yes. Yes. You know, and and of course, like about half of those go out the Kickstarter, but I'm still holding a thousand books, and you know, adds up. Just you know, it's a lot of space. So. um, that's something to consider, but that's later. Like, that's when, you know, if you're moving that many books, I mean, it's, it's a different level of, you know, um, like I don't think people starting out self-publishing are going to be necessarily dealing with that unless, you know, they've got a huge following and, you know,
0: hmm. um,
1: I, I, would ask what have you been waiting for, but, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like you know, so like my first art book that I did, that a small version, I only mm-hmm. like I I I did like a pre-order in and on uh, online and I set it up on my website. So I didn't do Kickstarter for that first thing. And it did pretty well. Like, I mean, and uh, even art book two, I didn't kickstart because I was afraid of Kickstarter at the time. I was I was nervous about going to oh, Kickstarter. Oh wait
0: one and two, you did it on your own. Yes, and then
1: it it was Artbook One XL that I did after Artbook Two. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a weird because I, I, I was I, like, because I, I had these do. two books. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm and, you, I, I, I'll, sh- I'll show you the two books. That, here's little... So this was my first art book. Right. Was oh, yes. oh yes, size of bot nine, and <laughs> it, it was just it's got oh. basically the same content in there. It's almost the same size, right? Oh, yeah this okay. is what i use actually as a te- template for about 9. um but uh so i done this and mm-hmm. it was a lot cheaper because it was small it was only mm-hmm. i think it's six by or no five by seven or something like that and uh right. yeah so then i had
0: released this one. Oh yes i've got it See, right what you got i can flash and my own copy to derek the, so oh, wrong yes side. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: so now so now I'm stuck at that point. I'm stuck with these two. Right. And they, they,
0: ah, they did it. right. I want and to I'm make like, it a set.
1: Yeah. I want to make it a set. Right. So that's when I was like, okay, I don't know if enough people are going to want to buy art book one again. So I was like, well, if I add 50 more pages and beef it up to be a hundred pages, the other one was 50 pages. And then I make it the same size. Mm-hmm. Then, then I had to start having a set and now it starts to look, you know. And then, um, so that was where the Kickstarter. Because I was afraid of printing art book one again. I was afraid uh-huh. that maybe not people were going to buy it. And then they bought it, and it was great.
0: So um, I bought the I bought the bundle. I mean, I got the books. Oh and yeah, the yeah, yeah, the and yeah, 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 it was or with art
1: book three.
0: Yeah, that was no, actually the so first. Like- <laughs> that was actually the first time I ordered from someone outside the country because you know, shipping is expensive from like the, the States to here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it almost the same as the book's price, but I, I, I yeah. still get them. I, yeah. I, I don't mind at
1: this point. Well, that, that's part of the key too. Like I found like with doing self-publishing is that we try to keep our shipping costs as low as possible. Mm. Um, you know, Having my wife be able to do them and ship them out of our house um, is, is sort of key to that. Like some people use a service like to, mm-hmm, to, yeah. to house and ship their books and it becomes so expensive. Like so many times I've, I've even like, I'm in Canada and I'll order, I'll go to kickstart something in the States and the book's 20 bucks and the shipping's 25. And I'm like, just to, can't like, I'm like, how is that?
0: Mm. Like, like, yeah, I like don't... I
1: understand. And sometimes it's because they're using a service and the service charges a, you know what I mean? And, and it's less obviously work for them. But at the same time, like, I kind of go like, I don't know, it's already U.S. dollars. It's, you know, it's going to cost me 45 instead of 20, you know. And so, and I try to, when I'm doing my stuff, I try to keep the cost as as reasonable as possible because I don't want those people to look at the price of shipping and go, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm
0: -hmm. you know what I mean? And and it's definitely
1: more challenging for international because, you know, the shipping prices uh, to India or, you know, you know, Brazil and d- different places like you know, it can get really expensive. Expensive, so, yes. That's that sort of
0: because of the lack of proper outlets, or I mean, transportation. This this sort of between the thing, that that yes. is what. Well. W- w- would you would you still go to Kickstarter if you had the capital to print all the yes. thousand books? Yes. Yeah, you would yes. because yeah because I find that Kickstarter um,
1: there is a certain amount of people that are not fans of mine that discover the book probably about i'd say about 30 30 percent of the of the of the people are people that didn't follow me before and just saw it on kickstarter so there's a whole market there in kickstarter people that are willing to buy things that hopefully discover your stuff through kickstarter um so i look at it like a marketing tool so that eight Sorry, go on, go on, sorry. I was going to say that. No, I was going to say like the 8% you lose to Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but like I get 30% more sales. More right. so, it, so it balances out like in the end of the day, you know, it, it ends up being, you know, profitable.
0: I, I was going to ask like, do, do you do paid Facebook advertising? And uh, I'm, I'm getting into that. haven't. You haven't? No, I, I haven't. Um,
1: it, it's, uh, I know there's services, and you get right. bugged a lot. Like, I mean, when I do a Kickstarter <laughs> campaign, they all come out of the woodwork. The second you have a campaign up of like all these people oh, yeah? promising. Yeah, they just like, you get spammed constantly just like during your campaign of just oh. like, you know, kickbacker and back this thing and do, you know, all these different things. And and uh, I, I haven't done any of that stuff. I, I just, because uh, they take a big chunk. Oh. And, and so it makes me a little bit weary. I think they take like 50% of your sale. Ooh. Oh, something boy. like
0: that. I know Will Terry talks. Do you know Will Terry? I, I know, I was just going to ask you because Will Terry, he, I think he did some sort of a collaboration with yeah. for his Uh Yeah, Will, his Will's reason book. Wills.
1: Yeah, Will was great for like just uh giving information about, you know, sharing that information about his whole process and numbers and things like that. It's really helpful like hearing him talk about that stuff on Yeah, on his YouTube channel and stuff. Right, right. right um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just it sort of made me go, oh, I don't know, like, um, you know, I, I, I wonder, like, I did definitely wonder, I'm like, if I use the service, would it mm-hmm. would it end up being better in the end? Or would I end up losing? And it's a gamble where I'm like, it sort of works. I'm OK. Like I sell enough currently right. that I'm OK. I'm OK. Not giving losing this it. other company money to to potentially like, you know, whether they're going to give me more sales or not. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: Nothing justifies It, I, it 50% might depend on the product.
1: Go, right? Yeah, yeah like right.
0: So- nothing I mean, justifies it, it. I'm sorry. Keep on no. I don't know, some weird thing with the connections, like lower, slower. <laughs> I mean, no, nothing nothing justifies 50%. I mean, like, what do you, What? what I don't, yeah. I, I can't even think I think,
1: of I think it's like, they get 50% of the people they bring to your campaign. It's oh. a weird thing. So it's like, but still like, I mean, I like, I mean, for me, I don't build that much profit into my Kickstarter. So it was like, I'd be losing money per sale that they bring in because right. I don't, I keep my, I keep my margins as close as possible because I want the book to be affordable for people. So I don't uh-huh. have a lot of room. There's not like I have a whole bunch of profit built into my Kickstarter. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, and uh, so, like i when i do the kickstarter like i'll do commissions and stuff and i'll i'll that's more where the profit comes from mm. cuz i might do like you know 20 25 commissions during that kickstarter and then that becomes profit that i earn way better from the yeah. kickstarter but really i'm just trying to generate enough money to to cover the cost of my books and then once uh-huh. you have the books um you know at least you have a tangible thing that you can sell on your website and then you know i can take it to conventions you know when eventually we can go to conventions again and nice. you know yeah so you know there's definitely like having the product I think is key mm-hmm. um yeah you know and uh, that's kind of what you know when I think about building more art books and, and building more graphic novels is I want to have more product you know in hand that I can sell and that's like you know ends up being more uh I like just passive income, the more the, as my career gets, I want more passive income. So I have to work less
0: to make the mm. same amount of
1: money. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of the goal, right?
0: <laughs> Very true. Very true. And, 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 from what I've known with those uh, people, I don't know, I've, he- I've heard of the business models of these uh, backstarters. I mean, the, the people who part uh, partnered with you on the Kickstarter campaign, I then think yes. that the process is sort of very simple if you sort of know how to do it in the sense that uh, they they say collect some make some assets and create some sort of A B testing on uh, paid advertising and sure. uh, and 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 what they do is they see what works and they mm-hmm. just uh, boost that and yes for, out of that audience I think you would be better off if you actually do, did that yourself you'd actually get way more. Uh,
1: Right. Yeah. If I had the wherewithal (laughs) to do all that, it'd be nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you, I I don't do it myself. I mean, I, I, we, I do run ads, but I don't do it by myself. I'd rather have someone else do it for me because I don't understand it. I don't uh, I know what people's uh, I can, I can sort of understand people's attention and how, how Mm -hmm. to sort of tell stories with that attention or within that attention. But I really don't understand any of that the, the, the ad, ad ads on Facebook's and Instagram part. yeah No, it's, it's
1: very confusing. Like, it's a whole thing that I don't even try to wrap my head around. <laughs> but, so,
0: uh, yeah, like, so one
1: mm-hmm. thing I just want to say about self-publishing, uh, I get this mm-hmm. asked the question a lot. People like, h- how do you self-publish? And it's like, it's literally just mm-hmm. making the product and selling it. Like it's, there's no, you know, I think people maybe have a misconception that you need permission or you need, some sort of like thing. Like, I mean, it's it's so much easier nowadays to just make a thing and sell a thing. Like, you know, mm, yeah. it's never True. been easier. True. So like, you know, as long as you have the platform to sell it and you have the means to create it, mm-hmm. then, you, then you, you have your own self-published thing, whatever it is, whether it's prints or original artwork or making books, as long as you can make it, there's no like barrier. Like, you know, if you're going to a printing company they'll mm-hmm. take your money and they'll print you you know what i mean they're not yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't care who they're selling to they'll, they'll they'll make it and uh you know i i'd say too like if you're going to you know get into your own printing um you know do a bit of research um mm. you know find find uh you know um that was sort of a, a bit of a hurdle at the beginning was finding like pricing like you know researching communicating right. with people trying to get you know, an idea of how much it's going to cost per unit, understanding like where your profit margins are. Like I Mm -hmm. sort of look at it like, you know, if I'm going to print something, Mm -hmm. I want to at least charge double what the cost is. At least that's like a bare minimum. So if like something costs me $5 to print. I at least have to charge $10 for it. All right.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that
1: sort of idea, because you need to be able to, You know, and then you want to increase that margin, like, you know. And that's the least amount that you're talking about. That's the least amount. But, you know, if you're, say, going to want to, like, say there's an art studio or an art store that wants to take your books, they're going to want to sell it for, you know, a certain amount of money and make money off this product. Mm. So if you're at a point where you're going to say, take your art books to a store, you know, if that product costs you five Mm -hmm. and you want to make at least five, that means like you're going to have to sell to the art studio for like 10 and then they're Mm. going to turn around and they're going to want to make double. So they're going to want to sell it for 20. Mm -hmm. So in hindsight, if something costs you five, it probably you should price it around 20, 20. 25 bucks.
0: Right. Right. So
1: that's an important thing. If you're building a product is to sort of think about the margins, think about understand like, you know, where the profit is built in, Mm -hmm. you know, that's sort of like, I never had a business background, Mm -hmm. but you know, understanding the basic economics of what you're doing is important because you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot later that's like a lot of people run into problems with kickstarter where they didn't do their research they didn't know how much it's going to cost to ship to abc around the world they didn't do their they didn't know that they have to buy boxes they have to buy like bubble wrap they have to you know but all those little things right oh yeah yeah. Uh, like, true, you know, true. we, we, because we had a larger volume of shipments, we had to buy a label maker to make the labels to shipping labels, you know, and, you know, little things like that, like, you know, and that thing's $400 like in like, so little things like, you know, that add up it's, it's important to do your research uh, yeah. ahead of time before you self publish, um, you know, and just understand the costs that can go into it. Um yeah, ask people like, I mean, that's the best way to find somebody who's done a successful campaign, ask them what did, what pitfalls, you know, what things should I be looking out for? Um, You know, that that's, that's been key as well It's just, you know, sharing of information Mm -hmm. is is helpful. You know, the more, if I've made a mistake, hopefully you'll avoid that mistake, you know, kind of thing.
0: And uh, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to be asking you soon though. You know? Yeah,
1: no, definitely. Yeah. Anytime. Like just, yeah. Feel free to, uh, you know, uh, on I, and ask me something.
0: <laughs> I, I'd love to, I'd love to. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I've just stuff finally and after falling on my face for like a lot of time trying to make a comic book, you know, yes. and like I just went haywire the first time and like try to make this big project and just like failed miserably. And I built myself up like over the years to like in doing mini small projects. I'm like, finally at a time, like looking at bot nine, like I want to make a 40 to 60 page comic. Oh, I just want to get that thing because it's yes. lovely. All these things are right at the end of the day. It's just so yeah. Beautiful. When you get to
1: hold something that you've made, it's such yeah. a cool feeling. Like, honestly, like, I don't think anything satisfies me more like than holding it something I've made. Yeah. You know. Just look like and just flipping like I'll flip through my own. I'll uh, be like I made like it's almost like an out of body experience to be honest. Like it's I'm like did I make this thing? Like it's almost you don't know, doesn't register that way. But um yeah, there's a certain amount of pride you have when you've created something, you know, and you hold it and you're like wow, like this is something. And then when people buy it, you're like this is like that's everything. Like really, at the end of the day, like you create art because you want others to enjoy it. And when people are willing to put their money down and mm-hmm. like buy that thing from you because they like your art that much like that's huge like that's as
0: that's That's as good as it gets right yeah like you
1: know um at the end of the day so yeah like me making your own things is great like it's something i encourage um but you know at the same time like the the fan art and all that stuff might get you there (laughs) you know so maybe it's not it's it's a stepping stone
0: isn't it i mean all those things
1: And it might be that like, I mean, sometimes like it's not necessarily fan art, but I mean, if you're, you know, somebody who decides to like do your own twist on things and be unique, like you had said early on in this podcast, like Mm -hmm. having your unique spin, having a certain Mm -hmm. level of quality, um, to that thing, if you can create something that starts to like get buzz and you see people reacting to it, like Mm -hmm. maybe that's something where you go, Hey, I'm going to dive into this a little more, like, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you Know, don't be afraid to lean into something and kind of you know really explore it and see, you know, maybe that was res- people are responding to it. So, you know, it's uh, but
0: yeah, if you look at it actually throughout this entirety of this podcast, I think we, we just went from uh, one obviously, you doing other things than being able yeah. to sort of build, work on your craft, how to work on your craft. And then how to make something, then how to put your work out there, and then we just went from that to making projects, and then to putting that project out there. I think it just we just went through we the did, entire we did it cycle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Entire cycle of <laughs> of the whole thing. This, this and, uh, yeah. The, and the, the other thing too is
1: like I think I would end with like don't. There's no one single path. That's one thing I've learned. Like talking to other artists and stuff. Everybody's path is different. Like mm-hmm. almost, you know what I mean? Like everybody's got their own unique path. And so there isn't that one thing that's going to work for everybody. Um, You certainly, I think you need to cherry pick like what, you know, this artist is doing, what this guy's doing what this, you know, and you formulate Mm -hmm. the things that work for you because everybody's situation is different. Everybody's financial situation, like where they might live in the world, they might have access to different things. Like, so I think Mm -hmm. it's like, it's important to sort of see You know where are people successful you know and and it's really like a lot of just like taking little ideas trying things failing like i failed so many times like you know it's like you fail at those things and then eventually you sort of figure it out and you know you have some successes but you'll take a couple steps forward you'll take a step back you know it's like sometimes you'll take you know 10 steps back but then you'll get back in you know and uh like you said with your comic right like you you started with your comic and you maybe didn't, it was too big and it was like, and then, and then you're like, okay, that didn't work. But my next thing I, I kind of, I learned from that, that like, you know, Mm. that doesn't work for me, but then I saw this artist do this and that clip. So maybe I'll do that. Like, you know, that's kind of what it's all about is just sort of, you know, paying attention, seeing what other people are doing, um, you know, and try to take and steal little bits of like information from other people. True. Right. Yeah. You know, you learn from each other. I mean, that's how we evolve you know and i think
0: that's where the you know <laughs> every conversations are important <laughs> this is so true i mean i mean do, do you know the box office artist uh he, he's on youtube he he, he does these highly okay. technical pen drawings and, okay and he's and he is he, he makes entertaining videos as well very charismatic talented guy he he told me a very good piece of advice when i was actually making the comic he told me like don't think too much about it like just finish it it's your first comic at at that time, uh, I didn't have that in a, that uh, that maturity to understand that this is not the be all and end all thing, right? I was trying to put all my eggs in that one basket, and I was trying right. to tackle this very big project, thinking that you know what, that hero to I mean zero to hero story is possible, and and when I fell flat on my face, then I was able to realize that actually the zero to hero story is possible just not in a couple of months, it'll take probably decades, right? Right, right, right. lots of mini projects and mini things, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, like building myself slowly. And it took like two and a half years or so. I don't know, what, 2018? Yeah, two, two years or so. I've just been like constantly working towards like, because one of, one of the things, right, I've at least noticed in myself and other beginner artists were like really starting out. like their inability to actually start projects and finish them and be able to sort of stick with part of the problem is also the 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 current age where instant gratification is actually way more uh you know uh or rewarded right that's that's way more rewarded than it's like hard to stick with something that is so hard that is so big right? And you don't yeah. get to see the reward quickly. It's probably at the very end of the tunnel. And that's like a quest. maybe, oh, wait, what if I make this comic, put so much time into it and five people buy it, right? right. So all right. those things mixed with that, you never see these highly sophisticated, well thought projects. At least I don't see them, right? Among my circle of YouTube, artists or people who are on YouTube making content on YouTube and trying to improve their craft as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I've learned. Like the whole thing is like, you got to work yourself up slowly and all these conversations, right. These things help clarify the thought, right. And it it helps to sort of understand and, and then that's why I like doing these podcasts I love doing these podcasts because I hear something over and over again. And also I something which i normally don't say which sort of right. clarifies the thing that we're thinking about right does, yeah. does that happen to you
1: yeah like i mean i don't do a ton of podcasts um but uh-huh. uh yeah like i find like having those conversations with other artists and stuff are important because it does you sometimes have to re it's almost like you just have to remind yourself right of these things like it's right. sort of re, you almost have to repeat these mantras uh, like one of the, like the the biggest key things that i i used for Rune World and Bot Nine was mm-hmm. Jake. Par- Jake Par- Parker has a simple mantra, or uh, he oh, yeah. said, "Finish, not perfect." And that, for me, like I mean, I don't know if he realizes how powerful that was to hear that, mm. because that would, changed everything. That little mm. mantra, because it was so much more important to finish something for the. Because I realized, you know, using that mantra, and as I was making Rune World, and as I was making Bot Nine you know, or those type of things. Like I know that like, this is not going to be the best work I've ever done, but mm-hmm. it'll be as long as I'm happy enough, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll the next thing I make will hopefully be better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how I sort of approach these things. It's like, just get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. And then sometimes you'll go back and you'll refine things. Yeah. Like you can, once it's done and you have like, say you have your 50 page comic you can go back and you can edit like it's nobody's nobody's stopping you like go back and redraw that page or redraw that pose or or do that thing or change that dialogue or change this little thing like but if you had it like having it done is so much less daunting than if you're like looking at this giant huge open project that like you didn't you half finished over here that's that's like impossible so it's like just almost like just get it done. Even if you just did like, if you did your whole fifty pages and you just did the whole entire thing rough and did rough dialogue, uh-huh, right? If you could start to visualize your whole project in one shot, right. that's such a you will get that project done way quicker than if you just go one page at a time.
0: Me- meaning visualize it at one shot. What do you mean? Yeah, that?
1: like so. I'm saying like, say you did rough layouts for your entire project. Right, right. Right. Okay. So you have your fifty pages and you rough laid out, don't like stick figures. Even It doesn't right. matter. Right. You know, as rudimentary.
0: Uh, Right. Okay. Having
1: having a big vision. It's like how when they create an animated movie, you have storyboards, rough storyboards, they put them all on the wall and you see the entire story. And that's how they're because they're they're visual people. They see their entire movie Uh on the wall. You know what I mean? Being able to see the entire thing. It's it's you know, but that's if you're just worrying about finishing it over it being perfect, Uh then you go back and you refine so it's like finish the thing it's uh-huh. not really finished. It's just finished to a point and then refine it. And then, you know, so it's like that, that can be huge,
0: but that is, that is good. That is actually uh, the way you put it was really nice. Sort of finish it. And then, then you can maybe refine it and then properly finish yes. it. Right. But yeah, finish 100%. it though at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's gotta be finished. Cause finished.
1: It's unfinished it's, is no good. Like, I mean, it it's uh, only going to get you so far if you have an unfinished project, but, you know finish the thing and maybe at the end of your finished thing you're like this doesn't work but i think you'll learn so much more just getting through the process because mm-hmm. all, all of what we do is a process i mean you there's very few artists out there that can just draw the perfect drawing without anything underneath there's a couple mm. and they're kind of like magicians to me a little <laughs> bit they look like they're creating magic um, you see them and you're just like i don't know how you did that but. Most of us need to create steps. So it's all about steps, right? So, you know, creating those things sure. and understanding there's steps involved. And, you know, um, and I think that's just the, you know, finishing things is so important, you know, and then okay. being able to refine, you know, or just move on. Sometimes it's just that, you know, you might recognize like, okay, I finished this. It's as good as it's going to get. I, I don't really feel like refining it, but I'm going to go move on to the next thing. But you've learned something from finishing whether it's just finishing a drawing, you know, the, the artist who maybe is at the stage where he just, you know, he or she just sketches in their, in their book, and they don't really finish their drawing. Like, you know, maybe if they finished it, got it to a certain level, they'd learn something and then they'll move on to the next thing. If it's just all scribbles,
0: you might Mm -hmm. not, you know what I mean? No, no, no. I I get it. I get it. No, no, no. no, I get it. I I think that the the first phase at least, at least get a rough version of it out so that we can actually get a bigger picture of what that thing is, and then yeah. we'll have, say, better clarity. Or else, it's just a lot of things that's going on in here, you know, like a lot of mumbo-jumbo stuff that's going on. Oh, I want to do that. I want to do this, and at the end of the yeah. day, nothing gets done.
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent.
0: Great, Derek. So, is, is there anything else that you want to say? You know, what, what 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 would you want to say to the people who are listening to this? Um,
1: Yeah, I think I think I just reiterate, like, to all the young artists out there, fundamentals, like, that's key. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the something that I think every young artist needs to focus on. And no matter what you're gonna do with art, you know, focus on those fundamentals. Um, You know, find the online courses, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there now, Mm -hmm. that's free content or, or, or not very expensive content, you know, for for the online stuff, take advantage of those things. And you know, really just sort of build up your base as you go and yeah. it'll get you so much farther. Um, you know, that's what I would say to people like right now, like that's
0: that's key. And, and and from what I got from this, from what you know what from what we've talked so far, and uh take that knowledge and uh, you know put it into effect, make a project, put it out there, finish it and repeat that process for a couple of decades. And I think we, we're good. You'll be where Derek Lothman is in like 20 years. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, there's no, yeah.
1: And I said the last thing, no quick, there's no quick, quick fix. Like there's no, there's the the art, like, like, you know, any craft you do, like whether you're a musician, artist, learning to, you know, build a, a, you know, bricklayer, whatever it is, like whatever you do in life, like there's no, like, here's just how you do it and it's done. Like, even if you work at a part-time job, like, you know, at a fast food restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, when you first start, you're horrible at it, you know, but six months a year into that job you're you're the best cashier there is like you know what i mean like it's so time, it's like right? everything you do takes time like it's just in yeah. art and, and anything like so i think people will hope that there's going to be this magical thing that you're going to teach them like there's the right brush or there's the right program or there's the right tool and it's really there's that's not exactly how it is it's, it's time it's time and it's effort and you know it's uh you know, and, and that time and effort will vary based on if you decide to do fundamentals at the beginning and learn those fundamentals, your time will actually be less than the guy who decided not to do that like myself. And, you know, and uh, you know, I think that's the difference. You'll see the, the kid, the the young artists that you see out there that are are amazing is because they spent that time doing the right stuff, focusing on the fundamentals, learning the right way. And then, you know, they got better faster than
0: somebody like myself, but you know, (laughs)
1: Learn from and, my mistakes, and, and, and yeah. you
0: say you're bad at teaching. Jeez, <laughs> just sound like a motivational speaker right there. <laughs> yeah, and, and what you said was so so true, so true. You know, Derek, th- thank you so much. I mean, uh, I, ga- I got to tell you, this I didn't even expect this for us to sort of go this in depth. You know, I I loved it. Like I loved yeah, yeah I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great it was time, it's so it was awesome. good, it's so good, and I'm so glad to actually. have finally, you know, met you. So, I didn't meet, I wish yeah. to meet you, meet you <laughs> like, yeah, one day, uh, one day, who knows? <laughs> one day, yeah, you know, if, the world opens ever, up again, yeah. I want I want to, I want to come out there actually sometime, hopefully. If I do I that, can. I'm to awesome, <laughs> yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I'd, I'd definitely do that. I'd definitely do that. And that is it, folks, for this episode of the Sketchbook Podcast. Thank you for, you know, tuning in. That's, that's a very typical cliche way to say it. Anyways, go check out Derek's works. All the links for his website, Instagram handle are down below in the description. You can go and check him out on Instagram at Derek Lofman. And also go to his website, DerekLofman.com and check out his shop. I have a bunch of art books from his uh, shop and also two of his comics. I, I'd highly recommend, you know, that's something that needs to be in your library because it's just a lovely piece of art in general and two speaking of fundamentals right we have a free course on drawing fundamentals from drawing camp down below in the description It's a seven day course it it will help anyone who's you know who wants to start drawing but don't know where and how to start and also for people who are Already have been drawing for like a couple of years, but they have never even like given a thought to their fundamentals This is like a fantastic place to start. It's free. It's seven days long Go check it out links are down in the description the Begin drawing course. So that is it for this episode I'll see you in the next one. Have a nice day. Be good. Be nice. Make some good work and uh, Have a good life. Bye-bye